Hello, friends, and welcome to the Flicky Podcast, where even good films get bad reviews. This episode, I feel like I have no rhythm. I just keep losing my beat, but it's okay. I'm all right, because we're going to have some fun dumping on a soulless piece of nostalgia. I am your grumpy host, Chris, and I am joined today, as always, with a man who is the Freddie Mercury to my Paul Rogers, the Bard of Bayside, the King of Queens, Sean Cotter hates him because he's the real Jay-Z and the star of the Flicky Podcast, Mr. John. How are you doing? I'm right, man. How are you? I am doing okay. Yeah. I'm a little, a little tired. A little but tired, I know. A little tired, but I'm okay. I'm ready to rock this shit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me say this. Before we review uh, this messy diaper of a movie, Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody, um, if you haven't seen it, God bless you. Um, I recommend you do the following if you if you have not seen it. Uh, put on a few Queen albums because you'll hear some killer album tracks. But if you want to be a boring piece of shit, fire up the two greatest hits album albums. Listen to them. Don't call them a piece of shit for that. Let them. It's, no, it's, no. it's, it's an entry point, no. especially if it's younger kids. Listen, that's how I got into Queen. Greatest I didn't know hits. what I was doing. I just all they had were the greatest hits. Thumb down. I think it was at Walmart. Anyway. And I just bought the greatest hits. That's all they had. Yeah. My, my dad had the 1980s reissue, and then my mom and my aunt had the two uh, greatest hits ones. Yeah, yeah, The classic queen, and then I forget what the other one was called. I remember it just being called one, two, and three. I remember it had, like, the silver there was cover. A, yeah, there was another one. Yeah. That, that was the remaster, I Correct. think, years later. That's the one that came after he passed away. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, so listen to those. Uh, and then afterwards, go onto YouTube, type Live Aid Queen. Mm-hmm. And watch that entire video and never watch this movie. I guarantee you that you'll enjoy all that more. Yes, you will. You should. Anyway. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so Bohemian Rhapsody, <laughs> starring Remy Malik, Yeah. And others. <laughs> uh, yeah, did you know the guy who plays John Deacon is the kid from Jurassic Park? I did. I recognized him. Yeah. That makes sense. He's American. So yeah, who, he is. He was also in Social Network. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Who said Americans can't do British accents? Well, this is my favorite part of the film is that it's about time the Americans start taking the Brits parts instead <laughs> yeah. the other fucking way around. So I am genuinely in support of that. Mm-hmm. So I will always support those guys doing those things. So I support Remy Malik and the kid from Jurassic Park. Yeah, I'll say one thing about this movie because I, I hate it so much. Uh, but I'll say that I think it's actually well cast. The people mm-hmm. act and look like uh, who they're supposed to be, and the wigs are fucking fantastic. In the wigs film. are great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. They look great. Top-notch shit. A li- uh, Malik's short-haired Freddie Mercury, you could see a little at the hairline, but for the most part, they're, they're very good. Yeah. Yeah. I I enjoy it. Um, um, yeah. What are you going to say? Yeah. Uh, well, let's start with this film. Obviously, you off the bat, you're getting uh, a very strong taste of how Chris feels about the film. Mm-hmm. Um my my feelings are not as strong it's not listen this is not a good film nope um but i do think it's important to start with what a clusterfuck of a production this film was like kind of famous it's going to be famous in the annals of film history for people who give a shit um and actually i forgot like when i went to watch this movie two days ago i forgot how much of a clusterfuck it was and then the movie itself reminded me yeah, because I'm watching this, going, "Wow, these scenes are just cutting from scene to scene, and there's no, 
no the, flow. these scenes don't there's no flow mm -hmm. the, the, there's no script this this nope. is like a half script yep i'm watching a, a film of a half script of a half script of already a cliched script right so it's the cliche biopic hits all the marks hits all the arcs that you want in a biopic with the drugs, the sex, the rock and roll, the... The muted... Media. Wait, wait. The muted drugs and the muted, muted sex. Well, everything is muted in this film. Very you don't muted. You don't get a... There, there's an episode of um, Futurama where they discover, like, these time balls or something that kind of fucks with time. Mm -hmm. And in the episode, they'll, like... Like, so we'll be having a conversation, and then it'll just cut to later in the conversation, and we don't know oh, what happened like in the a, middle. Oh, it's like a Godard cut? Yeah, yeah, but like in the episode, like that's what the time, like it jumps in time. Okay. So like they'll be playing, they were playing like a Space Jam type basketball game at the end and they're playing and let's say you're going for a layup and then it just cuts to you having scored the layup already and then it's on defense. That's kind of what this film felt like yeah. where they're just cutting to future parts of the band's history and we get no context in between Yes, because the script either didn't exist uh, they were writing it as they were going along, or there was a full script, which you could tell wasn't going to be a great script anyway, and they didn't film everything. I mean, there are clear parts in this film where, to me, I'm like, you just didn't film enough of this scene, and the editor had to work his magic to move on. Correct, and also scenes just happen. The, the resolution yes. to a bunch of scenes just happens. Just happens, absolutely, yeah. Like, there's no, there's no like, within a scene, you have the buildup, and then the resolution of a scene, and then you go down. None of that. It's just fucking shit happens yeah so but let's start with what went on and mm -hmm. chris is always good at this yeah what what is the story if people don't know and if you do if they do let's give a bit of a reminder um which what happened on set with this film so brian singer directed yes. this film yeah which quasi directed this film yes he was I'm hired to direct this film i'm actually shocked when i was watching it uh this morning yeah, <laughs> when I was watching it, uh, I forgot that they actually kept his uh, his name on the credits, which uh -huh. tells me he probably actually directed probably uh, the, sixty to seventy. Yeah, of the it. majority of the film, because probably mm -hmm. legally they had to put his name there. Yeah, right. So Brian Singer, if you don't know his name, he directed the X Men films, the first two, Usual which Suspects, Usual Suspects, which mm -hmm. is his best film. Yep, Valkyrie. Um, I actually, I'm not. Listen, I'm not a fan of Brian Singer. I, I think he's. I wouldn't call him a hack. I just think he's a whatever major movie studio director. Yeah. I actually think if you rewatch the X-Men films, they don't hold up. They're pretty fucking yeah, dated. Yeah, you've said that before. Uh, yeah, they're not great. The um, Usual Suspects holds look, up. It, because the X-Men movies look like shit. The Usual Suspects holds up. I mean, it's a fantastic because of the script, script and the acting. And the that's, acting. Yeah. Um, that's a classic story mm -hmm. uh, in film now. Um, otherwise, he's just, you know, I never expect great things out of him. He can, you know, if he's got a great script, he'll make a decent film. Mm -hmm. But uh, the X-Men films, I think, actually kind of suck. I mean, they're carried by the actors. Um, whatever. I'm not going to get into the X-Men. So that's the kind. But he's a major, major player in oh, Hollywood. Big time. Big time. Also, he's now infamous, infamously associated with um, the gay side of Me Too. Yep. Where he, there was actually supposed to be a documentary released about him. And it mm -hmm. got squashed, I think. I don't um, even think it's only because he's gay. I think it's because he's Kevin Spacey. He's, no, 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 he's a pedophile. Oh yeah, no, no, he he grooms boys. Yeah, like that. That's known, right? Yep. It, it was actually been known. It's an open secret in Hollywood for years. Yeah, which is to say, it's not a secret, right? They just yep. know and they don't care. Mm -hmm. Um, 
like you know stories of him being you know he'd be on set and these would be these 18 year old like male ingenue types and you know mm-hmm. um so like not a good dude uh and no didn't act like a professional on this set so what yeah and it was actually surprising that he got hired for the gig because all these allegations were coming up well he when survived he got it. hired yeah oh yeah he survived it and what got him really kicked off is supposedly his behavior was so like ogre egregious well and no apparently he was like a i read that he was like a child he was like a bratty, spoiled, yeah. whiny child. He would just hide in his trailer and would refuse to come out and work. It was that, right? but also he was bossy when he was on set. Like it got right. to the point where it's like, what are we doing here? And Malik, who it was not a Hollywood star at this point, no. which is I mean, which is he important was, to talk about. He was getting he was a TV star. Yes, at this point, it was I Robot, and he was yeah, a which fan is a great show. favorite. Yes, but he he doesn't have the cachet to, of course, especially someone like Brian Singer to be like, yo, get this fucking guy. Over, yeah, for off sure. The set. Oh, for sure, and, for sure. You know, him and the rest of the cast were went up to the producers and said, this is not cutting it. Right, and they got him off, which Good. is very shocking. Uh, and then it became a, a boondoggle for a while. They had a halt production. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a few scenes, the cinematographer directed this movie, and then I have to see who they filled in. R- you know, really, who saved this movie is uh, Singer's pal John Ottman, the editor. Yeah, that's who saved. Well, this I'll movie. I, I texted this to you, but after watching this film, I mean, this is the most deserved Oscar. <laughs> Oscar history probably is this editing award because remember like you I remember you told me because you had seen the film yeah and when the Oscars were coming out you said oh they're gonna give Bohemian Rhapsody editing because it was such a clusterfuck of a shoot Mm -hmm. that the fact that they got a cohesive film somewhat of a cohesive and it is it's a hacky cohesive film but it's a cohesive film uh he just is gonna get the editing I'm like okay whatever give him the editing and then I watched the film and I'm like this editing is amazing because um, I could tell that yeah. the material he's stitching together is so weak, and so uh, not just again, not just the quality of a, a script. It could you could have the cliche biopic. It's a cliche biopic with pieces missing. Yeah, you can see the pieces are missing, and I was literally reminded of it watching the film, being like, these scenes are just happening. It's just jumping from scene to scene, and even the scenes themselves aren't long enough. I'm mm-hmm. like, they're not developing anything. They're just uh, uh, forcing relationships with these characters. I mean, one, yep. the, the, he meets the band. They have one performance. And then the next scene, they're already buddies and they're going to yeah. do an album. So there's a... Like, what's going on? Yes. There, we'll discuss that when we talk about the plot of the movie. There's yeah. a lot of just like... It's plot. Okay. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of uh, happy happenstance that happens in this movie. Um yeah, I mean the thing is, Ottman, he, John Ottman, who's the, the the editor of this film, and he's also a he scores music to also. Um, oh, he does. Yeah, he's the one who scored Superman Returns. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Ottman's a composer and an editor. Correct. I've so, never heard of that. Yeah. That combo before. Yeah. That slash. So that's uh, quite impressive. Okay. He can accomplish a lot with uh, Queen songs and Soviet montage theory. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he he can he's a fucking wizard. You yeah, know? he did. Also, he well, did Brian Singer also did this the original Superman Returns, which is a two thousand six with Brown and Routh, which is garbage. Well, with another sucks. with another groomer, Kevin Spacey, they work together. Oh yeah, that's true. And they yeah, work yeah. together. The usual suspects. Oh yeah, no, they're kindred spirits. They probably two. exchange notes. 
Yeah. Oh, for sure. They exchanged boys and everything. I mean, I'm not even exaggerating. They definitely did that. Um, okay. So Oppmann basically, if this film needed saving, which it did, because I know, mm-hmm. listen, I know Chris hates the film, but yeah, they, they pe- made some guy, Dexter Fletcher, the, the, the director. Was he the AD or did they bring no, him on? They brought, they brought him on. He is an actor really. Oof. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's I'm looking. I've never heard of this guy before. So I bet the cinematographer did most of the heavy. He had to do all the heavy lifting, probably. And when, the reason when Singer left, and even probably maybe while Singer was there. And the reason why Singer got the credit is because it was a DGA thing. Yeah, that's what I mean. That, yeah. That's what I figured. It's a legal yeah. thing. They can't just correct them off. Yeah, correct. So there. That's that's the. Uh... So this film is starting off the. Listen, this film was starting off the wrong foot. Even just hiring Brian Singer. This movie was supposed to be made ten years prior. Sasha yeah, Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen. Was supposed to be. You know, it's been it was in development hell for like ten years. Mm-hmm. So say what you want about that. But it was it it wasn't Singer's. I know Singer apparently begged to get the like he really lobbied for the directing gig, but it wasn't his it wasn't his baby that was incubating. It was the studios, I think. Right, it was the studios and uh, Brian May and Taylor. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Wanted to you know they were just trying to figure out how to do it, mm-hmm. and. Um, I would I would argue that they didn't figure out how to do it, but you know that's just me. Yeah, and they could have. I mean, l- yeah. listen, this is like a shitty. Yeah, l- l- it it hits all the beats of like walk the line without any of the substance. So I was saying, I was I was telling someone about this movie. Uh, the difference between this movie and something like Walk the Line is that Walk the Line has is very clear what it's about. It's about his drug dependency and his relationship right. with June. They are going concurrently, the two storylines throughout the movie. It has an emotional climax. Every, everything makes sense. It's built to. This movie does not have any of that. No. No, it's got pieces, bits and pieces, but this movie yeah. isn't about anything. That's I was going to say. I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you that question. What is this movie about? It doesn't know. It's not about any. It's about. Is it about Freddie Mercury? Is it is about, about Queen? Queen? Is it about his relationship with his father? Is it about, about his, his homosexuality? Is it about his addictions? His I don't relationship know. with his wife, who he actually loves and did actually love in real life. Is it about his, uh, his uh, uh, identity as an outsider, yeah. but trying to be British? It, it is it about his fucking teeth. Is it, you know, this movie doesn't know what it wants to be. It's kind of like not, some of the other movies we've reviewed. But this movie didn't. The difference is this movie, because of the clusterfuck of what it was, yes. didn't have a chance at even choosing to be what it wanted to be about. Do you yes. know what I mean? I don't know what the script situation is. I don't know if it came Oof. in with a full script and it got torn apart, or if it was like a situation <laughs> where, which has happened on films, famously yeah. happened on Gladiator, which is the only film I've heard of that pulled this off, where they literally were shooting without a script, basically. <sighs> the script was, the pages were coming in, and they had to ad lib a bunch of shit, and somehow, by the magic of film, Ridley Scott and Russell Crowe pulled it off, but and that Joaquin almost every Walking Phoenix. Everybody's yeah. good, you know. But but that almost never that yeah. that's the exception that proves the rule. That almost mm-hmm. never happens when you hear about that shit. It's a disaster. I mean, frankly, mm-hmm. this movie did make money and was a. I'm going to talk about that after we talk okay, about the movie. All right, so let's let's start with the, let's go with into the film then. Um, Oh, so let's let's uh-huh. really begin with this film. Okay, we know what we're going into right, right in pre credits. Oh, because the music we hits, have the baby. 20th century uh, theme song, but it's not what you really think with the trumpets and all that stuff. Instead, it's Brian May's guitar doing yeah. it, and you know right, right what the fuck is going on. <laughs> and listen, it, it's a crowd pleaser. 
even this movie, if it didn't go through production hell and everything went People right, this movie. it was meant to be a crowd pleaser. Absolutely. This movie yeah. is beloved. I don't understand right. it, but it is. Well, I will say, like, Tina, so my fiance, she does really like this film. But she even, because she, she asked me after we watched it, she's like, what, so what would you think? I was like, listen, it's not a good film, mm-hmm. but it's fun enough. She goes, yeah, it's fun. Like even she, even the so the people who I bet there are plenty of people out there who are like, listen, I really like the film, but they'll admit it's not a like a great film. They like it because they like Queen music. That's what I mean. So listen yeah, to yeah. a fucking album instead right. of watch this shitty. You movie. could do both, yeah. Um, but you like to see your heroes and and these stars be played by real people. You know what I mean? Like that's fun too. Yeah. You want to see the, the sneak peek and convince yourself that we're watching you know history of how these guys acted behind closed doors history with quotation marks oh yeah this is uh this is pseudo history but this we'll we'll, we'll get into that this is a bastardization of history this is the brave heart of music biopics right Um, i mean that's not that's but that's uh that's that is par for the course for biopics and a lot of history but this is even bad this is even bad for that when it has its own wikipedia page for historical accuracy accuracy right. you know it's fucked up yeah yeah yeah. um so after we get that we go into we jump right into uh really what the climax of the movie is going to be about and it's freddie getting ready during the day of live aid mm-hmm. and it's a montage and it's set to one of my favorite songs in the world somebody to love, love and that. it's getting you you know you're get this is meant to get you wet yeah, yeah, yeah. like you're you're it's like getting, pleasing, man. you're getting jacked up See, this, and this is you know. basically this is what I held on immediately as a person who was like, I know this isn't going to be a good film. I'm like, I'm going to at least enjoy the music. <laughs> so I was all about this. Like, yeah. let me have it. Yeah, it works when you like look at the song, and then you get the little character beats. He's a bunch of cats. You know, you see the uh, the garb, yeah. his famous uh, garbo uh, picture that he had. Right. Um, and then right after that ends, uh, we go uh, right to Heathrow. It's 1970. Mm-hmm. He work. He's a badge, uh, baggage collector, um, mm-hmm. and you know he's uh, graduated from art school because they're you know people don't realize they were an art school band, uh, just like, yeah, just like Bowie and uh, Roxy Music, and, and like Coldplay too, right? They they met at college. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it, like that was a certain scene in the early oh, se- late I see. 60s, early I see what 70s. You're yeah, 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 all okay. these guys knew each other and right, right, and right, whatever played off one another. Um, so he, you know, right off the bat, he comes back from work. Uh, he's a little different. Uh, his family is conservative. Uh, he is conservative immigrants, conservative immigrants, Zanzibar. They're in uh, Persian. Yep. Farsi. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so there, you see tension, uh, with the dad, uh, and you only see it a couple more times in the movie. Yeah. Another thing that the film could have been about, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of him being his family and his sort of under this kind of repressed shame about it he doesn't even really reference it in the movie no. see the thing with walk the line i'm gonna we're probably gonna reference walk the line a bit but he has a problem with his father but it's continuously gone back to you might not see the dad but he talks about it oh it's it's yeah like johnny cash is defined by his relationship with his father exactly. and on a by extension the relationship with his son who he, his brother his father's oldest son who he mm-hmm. lost Exactly, and um, which haunted Cash for the, his entire life, and yeah. you see that in the film tackles that. Yeah, right. I mean, it starts with it and ends with it, uh, mm-hmm. the dad. Um, you don't really get that with this movie. He, it, it's in and out. It's a it's a phantom. Right. Also, um, the difference is Walking Lines about Johnny Cash, the person. Yeah. Queen's a band, and not yeah. only is Queen a band, and I'm gonna talk about a little bit about this because yeah. it, you know, what I was worried about mm-hmm. is uh, 
they 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 were gonna make it about like oh Freddie Mercury was the band. Yeah. Well, you know and why it, they didn't? And they well because Brian May and them were involved. Yes. Well, but also, it's also not fucking true. I mean, th- these guys were all brilliant. Yeah. Right. So, uh, not taking away anything from Freddie Mercury, who was also brilliant, but like this was this this band was created as a synthesis of all these talents. Correct. I mean, truly. Yeah. Right. So in Johnny Cash, it's you know there's an added confusion here where the film not only has to decide what is Freddie Mercury's arc, but it also has to decide what is the band. band what's the band's arc? What's the band's arc, and how much are we going to involve Brian May and Paul and Roger? And that's kind of the Achilles heel. Well, that's one of the Achilles and that, heels. And that's movie. something, yeah, and you needed a tight script to work that out, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, technically, you know, you could have made it about Freddie Mercury. I mean, the film isn't called Queen. It's called Bohemian Rhapsody. It could have mm-hmm. been about Freddie Mercury and Queen was not the subplot, but it's by extension we're also talking about Queen. But this is Freddie Mercury's story, yeah. and it's not. We're not doing that to say that Freddie Mercury was Queen. It's just like this movie itself is about Freddie Mercury. Exactly. Um, but this yeah. movie didn't really, and it it no. does that in the beginning, and it does that at the well. The movie is basically about Freddie Mercury, but it's not clear at all Mm-mm. how it wants to tell that story, right? So it's messy. Anyway, yeah. Um, so then he winds up going to a, a bar and a, a show at the college, and it's the band Smile, right. which is the original uh, band that was. The yeah, band that and even now the editing already is already doing a good job, in my opinion, and also the acting too, where it seems to suggest that he's he knows this band, he's been here before, correct? Right? Yeah. He he's been watching them, yeah. right? He's a like, groupie. Yeah, exactly. But like he's he's there basically eyeing the talent because he's trying to figure out a way into the music. Yes, right. he's been writing songs as we, you know, you see him, he has right. lyrics written. Which is true to true to history, right? Freddie Mercury studied writing in, or music and was writing for years before mm-hmm. anyone knew who he was. He didn't just jump on stage and become a singer, um, you know. But yeah. it, peeling back a bit, I did feel like starting him out with the down-on-his-luck baggage boy at 20 was kind of pointless I mean like that's another scene where I'm like I don't know why that scene is here it should have just sort of jumped in with his family and being a college he's a college kid he's not a, he's not a laborer yeah right um, also like it's like the story it seems to be setting up like oh how does he make it oh yeah he's the greatest voice in rock history yeah like we know this guy's gonna make it yeah you know yeah like don't show the down on your luck baggage boy like oh look what he becomes and rises as like a guy with that voice was gonna you know he's a genius you know he's yeah brilliant so anyway, sorry. So. Um, no, no, no. Uh, it's just a, what's amazing is that uh, so he sees them perform, likes what they what he hears because you know they are excellent. Yeah, uh, at they what are, they do. They're t- and actually, the singer they had was good. Too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, this is a good band. And it, do and they it, need Freddie Mercury right now? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought when yeah, I was they, watching. They were it. a good power trio. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he, uh, you know, the day that this guy, this guy, he quits. It's his last performance, and it just so happens Freddie is there. Freddie he sees them. Freddie sees them. He goes uh, uh, after, and, oh, and also, he also sees Mary that day. Oh yeah, it's the same day he meets Mary. What a confluence of events! Yeah. Also, <laughs> it's also important to know because this is going to be <laughs> this is going to be relevant a few scenes later, <laughs> where it's only the two of them, right? So it's yes. Brian and Paul. Yeah. Um. So we Roger hasn't entered the scene yet. It's mm-hmm. a, like you said, it's a trio. Yeah. So he goes, he sees them in the van, and basically they're like, "Oh yeah, our singer just quit." Yeah. Cool. You know. That's a nice quinky dink. And mm-hmm. uh, he goes, well, do you need a singer? And Paul says, well, not with that teeth. No, no, but that's Roger. 
Oh, Roger, right, Roger right, right, right. Taylor. So it's Roger and so sorry. Paul yeah, they kind of made later. so they made Roger Taylor later. like a dick. A, yeah, he a, kind of like an antagonistic relationship with Freddie yeah, in this movie. He's sort of the minor antagonist. Yeah, it's always it's, it's a little it's, weird, and it's always like Roger that has to that Freddie has to win over. Yeah. <laughs> Paul and Brian are really cool throughout the whole film. They're like, yeah, whatever, man, fine. Okay. <laughs> Brian's actually the nicest one. Like he's, yeah. uh, and, um, but yeah, so Roger's like not with those teeth, which is really mean out of nowhere. Yeah. Like whatever that means. Get the fuck out of here, Packy. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically what they wanted him to say. Yeah. I have a feeling that Roger maybe was the least involved in this production. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, it, a lot of the things that happened in this movie or what was said wasn't exactly what the words that were used right yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah. and we'll go back to scenes later but i'm gonna say him i, I guarantee you he probably did say not with those teeth right he but would I'm say gonna, something like that sure but i'm Especially probably he probably said like, uh you know you Sorry, probably look like a fairy like probably like rougher language was used sure. in 1970 for this guy if he did insult him at all though yeah He's probably like, ah, man, okay, can you sing? Uh, you know. Yeah, and then, you know, in his best American Idol uh, audition, Freddie just starts belting out uh, some some lyrics. Yeah. And they shit their pants, and they're like, okay, well, I guess yeah. we're going to bring him in. Right. Well, I mean, it, it actually is a funny line. I, I did like the line where he, he sings, and then it's like, oh, my God, we need you. But instead, Freddie goes, I'll, cons- I'll consider yeah. your... Uh, consideration he's like I'll, I'll consider your offer, offer. Yeah. that's what he says I'll consider which I like that was actually a fun yeah line. well it also shows you uh, that as as quiet and reserved and how oh, he doesn't show like he might have he doesn't have a lot of confidence right right With right this he does have confidence in yeah and it, and it springs board him springs board him to that persona he wants up right. later having so so that scene happens so <laughs> yeah it's actually the next scene. Also, first, let me, let me just peel back a bit. Yeah. Another Brit is insulting a Brit for his teeth. Yeah. Well, uh, come on. Freddie says that later in the press conference. That's what I'm saying. Like, b- which is a great line. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, he probably said that in real life. I. When are you gonna get fix your teeth? And he's like, Well, I'm not gonna fix my teeth because then I'll stand out yeah, in Britain. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is is a great line. <laughs> and they probably took it from the press conference. I would Absolutely. hope because that there's actually know, footage of that. I don't think that press conference ever really happened. He probably no. said it in some Rolling Stone interview. Right. You know? uh, so, so anyway, so they go, and the last thing they say to Freddie is like, uh, do you play bass? Yeah. And he goes, no. No. Which, okay, they need a bass player. Mm-hmm. Cut to them performing the next scene. No, no, no. Or He well, was trying on women's clothing with Mary. Oh, that's That's true. like his first date. Yeah, and yeah, And that's yeah. when she starts putting makeup on him. And I wrote this, I wrote this line down because I had a comment about it. Uh-huh. And she says to him, we should all take more risks. And that is my advice for this film. This yeah. film should have taken more risks. This film should have done something. This film should have made a choice. It had no conviction whatsoever. No. So, okay, so he's doing that with Mary, it, mm-hmm. which is, it's it's a double entendre, right, of him, mm-hmm. you know, of the sort of closeted feminine nature, I guess, of Freddie, but also him, you know, because it's what his rock stars do, right? Like, yeah. he's already thinking about his, his uh, what he's going to wear his on image. stage, his image, his yeah. identity, you know, mm-hmm. that whole thing. Yep. So now we go to their first performance together. <laughs> right away. Right away. Whew. And Real quick. they have a bass player. They have a bass player. Yeah. They have John Deacon. They have John. And John mm-hmm. is that's how John's introduced. Yeah. We don't find out he's where he there. came from. He's there. He is so the bass player. He's <laughs> the bass player. Like every other bass player that's also, not fully The bass player who heavily contributed to some of Queen's greatest songs. 
Oh, yeah. Right? So they just stumbled upon a bass player like, hey, this guy's here now, and he's going to go on to make help make us world famous. Like, how did that happen? Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't matter. No. Nope. He's just the bass player. Yeah. So we have, I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm like, this is a hugely important person. In the, I mean, they all are. All four of them are. That's because but, Deacon doesn't have a relationship with them anymore. Oh, is that why? Um, yeah, he doesn't. So they, for, you know, it doesn't matter. They don't talk to Deacon? Uh, I know he doesn't other tour than, with them. Other than when it comes to royalties? Nope. Really? He... You know, what happened? What, why was well, there he, falling he, out? Um, well, not really a falling out. It's just he took Freddie's death so personally and, like, it affected him so greatly. Oh, after, really? After the tribute concert, like, he's just, just has his family. Just a family huh. guy. But they're friendly, right? Like they friendly to an extent, but he doesn't talk to them really. Right, right. It's just that was like oh, a, his know old, that. like an old life, and I don't want to discuss it really, except for send me them checks. Right. Yeah. Well, that's really about it. Yeah, but he, he earned those fucking checks. Oh yeah. Well, I wrote the riff to fucking he another one by Sadat's son. He fought them hard on a lot of that stuff. Cause oh, they, he did. He like a lot of the songwriting credits. He fought them about. Because right. most of the songwriting credits went to either Mercury, or mostly Brian. mostly May, yeah, uh, and some Roger Taylor songs. But like there were other things where like after a certain period, and it's true later on, they wind up getting all for twenty five percent. Yeah, each. well, they actually have John say it later in the film, exactly, where it's he, John that says we, if you want to get back with us, yes, we're all sharing writing he credits. Fought very hard for that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we see the performance and I'm supposed to believe Freddie Mercury doesn't know how to fucking handle a mic stand. Right. So this is, this is supposed to be the legend of why Freddie Mercury always used a half mic stand. Sure. Where he can carry it around and hold it like a, like a spear or whatever. Um, yeah, that's very, so they just made it up, whatever. I mean, I I didn't find it. that, That scene was okay to me. Um, what I think what's even more egregious is that I'm supposed to also believe he just changed the lyrics to keep yourself alive without telling any of the band members. Right. You know, they stole that. They just stole that from that thing you do. Really? Yeah. You know, in that thing. Well, like, the, so in that thing you do, the reason, so if people don't know, the Tom Hanks film with that fake band. Ooh. That thing you do. <laughs> dun, dun, so dun, dun, dun. the scene where that song basically becomes a hit, it was a ballad. Mm-hmm. And they get the drummer, mm-hmm. Guy. Guy. Who's like the star yeah. of the who's the star of the film yeah and he plays the drums really fast and yeah. he goes guys slow it down so and he refuses okay. so they're forced to play the song faster and now the song becomes a pop hit so this is basically that same scene <laughs> and that thing you do is a good film yeah no and it's also I really it's a great song film. too it's a great song the wonders um, so they just stole that from that thing you do <sighs> okay well so yeah i'm supposed to it's a rocky first show, but just through Freddie's sheer force of will and charisma, it winds up getting better. Because yeah, he also gets yelled yelled at that he's a packy, which I'm sure he did here in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and then uh, we go from that uh, right to the dinner scene where the band and Mary meet Freddie's parents. Yeah, wait, wait, was that before they're in the van? No. That what? what remember when they're van? The Freddie's like, we go make an album. No, we'll that's, be, that's that's later. after. Oh, that's after. Okay, so this comes first. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah. why this mess really close, it, two days ago but this mess this scene is a mess this is so this is a perfect this scene is a perfect another confluence of events happen yeah. all at the same time this is a perfect encapsulation of everything wrong with the film essentially and everything wrong with the script mm-hmm. that either didn't exist or they didn't use or didn't shoot whatever where we now jump to the band one all knowing each other two yeah. Freddie's now a confident singer three he's now with mary uh four it's his birthday four it's his birthday five um he changed his name to freddie mercury which we find out there Mm -hmm. six we find out he's ashamed of his family his identity seven we find out his dad um doesn't approve of him Mm -hmm. and you know talks about how he was like this boxer growing up and uh, yeah, and he went to reform school, but he was too rowdy. He's too rowdy, so he was always a rebellious kid. Yep. Um, and it just jumps us in there. There's no build up to it. No. It just yeah. all happens at once. Yeah. It's just the characters are already developed. The relationships are already developed. The it's all uh, just context that's thrown at us, and there's no actual focus in the scene no. whatsoever. It's like it. Honestly, I I wrote in the notes. I just wrote, "LOL, shit happens." That's what yeah. the scene is. And not only that, we said what six things happened right before, uh, and then the seventh thing happens is that Elton John's manager calls him up on the di- same day, same yeah. same dinner at, as at, on Freddie's birthday. Freddie's birthday. Yep. When he first introduces the band to his parents. Yep. At his parents' house, mm-hmm. where he also tells them that he's changed his name. Yep. And here's my girlfriend. Here's my yes. white girlfriend. Right. Um, yeah. So he gets a call from Elton's uh, manager, and uh, they're gonna have a meeting to see if they're gonna get signed. Right. So I guess that's what the scene's about: is that they're all gonna be there when they find out, like the family finds out, the girlfriend finds out, Freddie finds out, and the band finds out, all at one point. <laughs> yeah. That we're gonna be signed by a manager. Oh my god, we're about to hit it big. Uh huh. We've seen one performance by them, by the way, at this point. And yes. it was the first performance where they just met. And Freddie's so dad already, is still not happy with that news. Yes, exactly. So they're already established now. So we go from they just met. Mm-hmm. We still don't know John's name. Do they introduce John? <laughs> yeah, they said uh, this is all new bassist, John Deacon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> Because we have to put his name in the script. <laughs> yeah. We got let no. <laughs> so so now we so whatever now they have a manager meeting even though we just met this band correct that's fine and i don't listen i don't mind time jumps they're, they're gonna be time jumps but yeah we barely know these guys names yeah there's the, the, we're just skipping ahead mm-hmm. you might as well have just i wish i would prefer if you just jump to them being a, a, a student band already yeah do you know what i mean no i do i definitely agree with that I, I, w- I would have liked to seen them, like, uh, not struggle, but just, like, seeing, you know, how they work together a little bit before, you know, making it. Right. Um, yeah, so then we he meets uh, the manager, who is uh, Aiden uh, Gillen. Who yeah, sounds, Littlefinger. Sounds exactly like Littlefinger. He just, yeah. The man just oozes evil. He does. He does. And he's not. And it's funny because anytime this guy's in a film now, just because of his cadence of the way he speaks, I'm like, oh, he's going to be a bad guy. But, like, he's yeah. not in the film. First off, he's barely in the movie. Yeah. He's another one who's barely in the film. Yeah. Right? So, like, this he's, is. A, he's there to give some kind of. I mean, he's an important. People know him. He's, a, he's an important part of Queen's history, and he's barely in it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So, he's just there in the scenes. And so, I like him as an actor, by the way. Oh, I think yeah. he's an excellent actor. Yeah, I do too. Um, so, so we're introduced to him and his assistant, Paul. Paul, who's going to play 
pretty much the biggest. He's the antagonist. He is essentially. The, he's the villain. He's of the this villain movie. of the film. I'm gonna say Brian and Roger did not like Paul. Yes, it, that seem that much seems clear. I think they really hated Paul actually. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, what happens is that uh, within 30 seconds, uh, the manager said, "Hey, what's your name?" John says, "I'm John." And he says, "You know, John, I like the uh, cut of your jib. Uh, sign with EMI." That's that's how this scene <laughs> yeah. went. Beginning so, end of it. so what is Queen? Uh, Queen is the Misfits. We're the Misfits. I love it. Yeah. What, what makes you it. different from every other band? Well, we're the Misfits. For the Misfits, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's every British rock band, though. We're the, we are the Misfits that uh, write mass-produced uh, singles that the globe yeah, loves. That everybody loves. <laughs> the Misfits. The Misfits. I don't know about that, Freddie. That's a Danzinga uh, band. Yeah. It's that. Uh... That's that's Sid Vicious. Oh, that's I'm gonna, the Sex Pistols. Man. I have I have a story about that when we talk about the We Will Rock You. I'll talk. About okay, that. I have a story. Uh, so uh, like, an anecdote. That that at that point that should have been the scene where Freddie belted out at the table. Yeah, and the manager was just like, "Okay, you're the greatest singer I've ever heard. I'm gonna sign you guys." <laughs> well, he like says, you're all talented too, right? Well, that's what he says. He's he says you have a gift. Uh, you, you other guys. Yeah, yeah, you. You all right? You, you have gifts as you're well. Okay, but, I like uh, your hair. He has real gift. Right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so then we flash forward to them performing at what Top of the Pops on the BBC show. Uh, oh, so here's another big jump. That's right? when we find out so, about Paul. So one, so again, we've jumped from Freddie's a bag boy. Freddie <laughs> auditions for the student band. Yes, gets in. They're now with the student band. They add John the bassist. They find they just stumble into a brilliant bassist. Meets a girl, a brilliant songwriter. No Forget, real connection. Take the girl out for a second, right? Because that's a whole other, that's the subplot, yeah. right? So it jumps from that to them now being a band together, yeah, to getting a call with a manager, mm-hmm. to meeting the manager, mm-hmm. to being on the BBC. Yeah, real and quick. nothing's happened in between. They don't even, so they, not only do they not have an album, there's a scene where they're like, we have even to though make they're, an album. Even though they're performing Killer Queen. Yeah. So... This, you guys weren't writing music at this point together. There's three so- main songwriters in the band. Yeah, Freddie, John, and Brian. Yeah, major songwriters. None of you were writing music. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they don't even mention it. Yeah, uh, they also had, uh, I think, a couple albums by this point, uh, but they don't want to talk about that. Um, they're, they're like, so again, it's like this film is stuck in this place where it's like we want to show the story of them being an upcoming band. But also now they're on the BBC. Yeah, and you know what they had. So the timeline's off. No, and they that, don't. They don't know what to do. They spend so much time getting to that, but nothing happens. It's so weird. It's like, so strange. It's like forty something minutes, and not, and like they try to tell this story, but they don't tell it well. It's they're not. It's not a story. It's no. just we're we're again we're just watching flashes in time. It's, it's just flashes in time. Shit happening, and we gotta get to the next well, thing. It's almost like the. In terms of the script, they were writing the cliche biopic, mm-hmm. like trying to hit all the marks again, like the rise of Johnny Cash. Yeah. But like the guy's like, oh, I'm going to hit the rise. But it's like, oh, fuck. He looks at the date and goes, wait, but they had two albums already and they were already kind of big. Yeah. I'm not, they're not really like they're on the rise, but they're already sort of popular and it's clear they're going to be famous. But I'm in the beat where no one knows who they are, but they kind of, all right, fuck it. We're just cutting to them. Not only the that. Fuck it. Yeah. They're popular now. I, 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 I fucked up. Not only that, they also ruined kind of the drama behind the making of A Night at the Opera. I don't know how you do that, but they did it. 
Uh, oh yeah, well that comes later. I don't know so how we're they not fucking even there yet. Yeah. No, no, but the whole point they were going to get released by EMI. They were going to get released. Uh-huh. And uh a night at the opera is pretty much like how Springsteen did Board to Run. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of pressure on them to finally finally deliver. You could right. have had so much drama building oh, up to that. God. And it's, that could have been the that could have oh. been the whole first half of the film. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, that's one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, but, whatever. Well, the thing is, <laughs> I, I, it's so fucked dude, up. Not only that, do you realize they completely reverse it? Yeah. Not only does Night at the Opera not save them in this film, yeah. in this film, the record producer is going, we love you guys. We want to keep you. We want you to keep writing the hits that we like. Which so, is true, but they no, do no, it in I, a way that's... I, no, no, no. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. But basically, but there's no talk at the table about like we're gonna release you. No. And that's actually what happened. It's literally like, no, we want to keep you and just keep writing the stuff you've been writing. They go, no, no, no. We want to do something different called Night at the Opera. And they go, well, if you do that, then we're releasing you. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's literally they're turning. It's the opposite of history. Yeah. Night at is... the Opera saved them in this version. Night at the Opera is what severs them. Yeah. This is fake news. Yeah. This is the epitome of fake news. Um, so, wait, 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 but let's peel back a bit. So, we're God, at the BBC. I'm getting There's upset. A whole, so, and even in the BBC film, <laughs> this is the scene where, like, they're supposed to lip sing. Yeah. And you get the sense of, like, oh, they're not going to lip sing, and there's going to be a dramatic moment here. He goes, you're going to lip sing. That's how you do it. And they're like, okay. And then they, <laughs> they just do it, and then they move on. And why even I'm... have that part? Why even have him bring up the lip singing? I don't just know. have them perform and, and move on. I don't know. And this is when we see Paul give googly eyes to Freddie. This is when we realize, yeah. I guess, Paul is gay. Whatever. Who cares? And we're also, by the way, there's all the film structure. We're not supposed to know that Freddie's gay yet. No. Because there's... He's only with Mary, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, So that's see... supposed to be a reveal, I guess? I don't know. Like, there's a lot know of that. Freddie Mercury story. is, man. Yeah. There's a, there's a little bit of weird shit that goes along with, his, with that subplot about his sexuality. Uh-huh. Um... Yeah, not only that, but we have, you know, all those shows, everyone always lip syncs for the most yeah. part. That's why fucking Morrison got in trouble with Sullivan when he kept saying higher. That's when he got kicked right. off because they did it live. And he was like, yeah, I promise I won't I won't say it. And he looked at the camera and said, higher. <laughs> that's great. That's why, it's a, that. that's why that was a big deal. Right. Most of the time, you they didn't allow that. Um, and not only that, based off what I'm looking at in this movie and just knowing the history of Queen, they've already performed on the BBC. If you listen to Queen 1 and Queen 2, the reissues, uh-huh. there's live performances of them doing blues music. Oh, really? They're not a blues band. That's why yeah. it's so impressive. And it's just like, this is an insulting movie and an insulting right. scene. If you know. Well, it's what them you're trying to. For. It's. it's Again, it's them trying to mash Queen into the cliche biopic. Yeah. And it doesn't fit, and they don't want to do anything unique about it. Yeah. They just like, well, every band has the rise and the fall and all the rest of it. It's like, yeah, but it, every band's unique. Please. Every band's history is unique. They, they, we all have a slightly different story. You can't. It's not just a paint-by-numbers script you can do every single yeah, time. They, they... If this is a fake band, mm-hmm. okay, sure, that's something else. You could fucking fit every beat. that's, you that's why that thing walk the that thing you structure. do works exactly right <laughs> that thing you do it's it fake. could be that film exactly but 
that's not what this is. Queen's a real band with a real history and a real rich, interesting history that you can make a great script out of yep. with great music. Yes. Because <laughs> it's Queen. And we didn't have to make it seem like they all didn't like each other because as a matter of fact, they all actually really liked each other. Yeah. But I will say we'll though, get into that. But I'll say uh, on the positive stuff, because there is positive stuff to talk about with the film, just in entertainment and enjoyment. You do, especially later in the film, I think, and I think this is basically a result of the actor's more than anything is you do get the affection between the band members yes. i thought yes. you really do get it between them yes you get it in scenes you get that they care you get brian cares about freddie and even i think that, they all uh, did a Paul great job cares about freddie and john and they all respect each other mm-hmm. um you do get that they, and i think that's the editing and the acting yes and you know they uh use family almost as often as dom toretto right well um, here's a, that's there's another thing what this film is trying to be about is that Freddie is trying to find his family. Yeah. Right. And he realizes, oh, Queen is my family, mm-hmm. um, you know, as well. And also reconciling with his actual family mm-hmm. because of his love for the band and all the rest of it. That sort of that could have been what this film was about, too. But it's not about anything because it's about 11 different things. This movie is about nothing. That's correct. Yeah. Um, we then see there's another. This is, this is all fucked up. Freddie asks Mary to marry him. Um, as they become more famous and the movie mm-hmm. makes it seem like they are become they become rock stars right away and that's that another thing. is just not the case that's that another did thing. not happen so by the time he they were middle of the road respected they were a middle of the road respected band that gave a good live show they were right. not fucking world beaters oh yeah i mean they, they, the way they, they film not. it i mean he is a fucking they're legends already yeah and not only that they use the wrong songs they so it's supposed to be 1974 or 75, right? It's around there, yeah. And they use fucking uh, Fat Bottom Girls, which came out years yeah. later. So Fat Bottom Girls, which is a song I love, that yeah, was the first hit that they play when he's on tour. Yeah. And it, it's it happened their, years later. It's their first tour. Yeah. Fat Bottom Girls is years after that. Mm-hmm. I didn't complain, honestly, because I love the song. I'm like, whatever. They're just trying. You know, and you know what that is, dude? That is them being like this movie is a clusterfuck it's not good yeah we gotta play the fucking hits that people know well i think they watched uh forrest gump and they realized yeah pop music really works it works when the, when, when the and they gotta lacking. know the pop music like i get it we can't shit, we yeah. can't use their early shit sorry no one knows what they are no one knows seven seas of rye yeah i love seven seas of rye <laughs> i know but, no one, but... but what u.s person knows that song <laughs> were, that's another thing too they were bigger in britain than they ever were in the u.s they 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 only really, had one number one hit in, in in America, and that was after he died. Yes, it was uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yep, yeah, they only it was they a had a couple number two hits. Yeah, but never. And number two is still huge. It's oh, actually yeah. hard. It's I mean, really hard to get. Dude, Bruce hits, Springsteen's but. never had a number one hit here. Right. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. You know that's what makes the Beatles so impressive, and Mar- like Mariah Carey is so impressive. Right. Um. So he's touring, and while yes. he's touring, he he proposes to her yes and i mean the tour just makes it you're right i mean the way again film is a visual medium man and the way it's shot is like oh these guys are world famous yeah like zeppelin big right so they've even now jumped the shark on the johnny cash walk the line track because johnny cash has a slow burn he does have a slow rise where like he's opening for Mm -hmm. bigger acts yeah they never have that no they're never opening for anybody they're a student band and they're world famous. You know they. You know who, what band uh, Queen actually opened for? They opened for fucking Mott the Hoople. I don't even know who that is. Uh, All the Young Dudes, the song that Bowie wrote for them. 
Oh, oh yeah, I know that. Yes, yeah. Mata Hoopa was. Like, I know the story because Bowie another, liked them a lot. Yes. Yeah. Another art band that all those Brits loved, mm-hmm. and they were very. That they're like one of those respected bands that are, you know right. whatever. And but that just shows you like Queen opened for them and they were not that big. Right. Right. They weren't. They were breaking up because they didn't succeed. So they're like, fuck it, let's just go back to our regular lives. That's what right. happened. And Queen opened for them. You don't get that case in this movie. You think... <laughs> yeah, Queen didn't open for nobody, son. No. We you would, are our own behemoth I mean, of a band. I'm thinking and the Rolling Stones is opening for Queen. Right. Based off how this is shot. And then as we see them touring, that's when we get the... This is... I didn't like how this is filmed. It was weird. They're at the truck stop, so you see the Mack truck come in. Well, this is the U.S. tour now. Yeah, they're in the right? U.S., yes. So, the, so now they're touring for the U.S. Yeah. And um, it, so he proposed to her right before yes. the thing. And now, and here... She so, says yes, he gives her so a So not rock. only do they have the tours in Britain, right? Yeah. Where they're already apparently world famous. They're so famous now that mm-hmm. now they get a U.S. tour. So yeah. that's another trigger point. That's a climactic point in the band's history as far as the film is saying where it's like, oh, U.S. tour. Now they're fucking going to the moon. Yeah. Now they're gonna. They're now they're gonna be world, not just nationally famous, but now world famous. They're right? so big, they're taking a shit on Cleveland and Tacoma. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They're, they're rocking out Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. And now, and this is the scene. So next scene now, because when they're touring in Britain, it's you know she's with him yeah. the whole time. So it's implied that when he goes to the U.S., now they're separated. Yes. Right. She's living at home with his cats. Right. So he's giving her a call at a truck stop. I mean, can he get more cliche? Yeah. And he sees a guy go into the truck stop bathroom, mm-hmm. and you see him eye him, and you're like, oh, now with this Freddie Mercury character who no one knows apparently, mm-hmm. we know he's gay, and he, and he bangs dudes at truck stops because. And but th- you don't see thing. that. He doesn't go in though. Right. You just but, as I'm watching that, you think originally I thought he goes in when I first saw it, but he doesn't go in. So I'm just trying to think when I'm rewatching it this morning. I think they're trying to show that he was conflicted at this point. Well, not just that he's closeted. Of, he's yeah. extremely closeted. Instead right? of going to the glory hole, yeah. which he probably did. But the thing is, who life. goes who goes to truck stops for yeah. the most part is closeted men. Yes. Right. So that's the story. It's telling like, oh, Freddie's deeply closeted. Yep. And the the wink and the the right. the, tr- the trucker with the smile yeah. and Which, the weird uh, slow motion door closing, right? Very but strange. Like, I I know he hid his sexuality from his wife. Like it took like it was like six years they were together, and eventually he's like, listen, I'm bi gay. Yeah. Um, but this movie makes it seem like not only is he deeply closeted, he doesn't even really know his own sexuality. Yeah, which I don't believe at all. Which I don't believe at all. There are interviews. I've watched interviews with him. He's like, yeah, I'm as gay as a daffodil. Like, I mean, it's years later. Maybe he came to accept himself. Mm-hmm. But this movie makes it seem like he's basically closeted his whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a whole other thing. So we got the truck stop scene. Now we know. Now this is the beginning of the dissolution of this relationship, which we don't even, isn't developed at all. Yes. I mean, at this point, I barely know her name. She barely speaks in the. They film. don't tell. They don't say Mary. The only reason I knew Mary is because if you know Queen, you know yeah. Mary. Mary, yeah. Um, yeah. So we go into two things. Uh, this is after that happens. That's when we meet Mike Myers' fictional character. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sounds like Fat Bastard. Uh, he has the worst wig in the movie and the worst makeup and the worst. Be- I think the beard is fake too. Oh, that beard is. It looks very fake. fake. Yeah. He's, it looks like doll hair. Yeah. They they shave some uh ginger's pubes and right. put it on his face. And he's so so, wait, wait, so yeah. just just to give context, people don't know. So he's at the truck stop. Okay. They're world, <laughs> We're back. He goes bang he sucks a dude's cock off screen. 
there was enough there wasn't enough time in the editing room to show it right um so he oh, does that he blows the guy and now we're on the u.s tour they're a big hit yeah and now it's time for their second album first off we don't even know what the first album was they don't even mention the name no we don't know he, I, just I don't know what album bohemian rhapsody was it was it was like their fourth or fifth i thought uh but yeah, yeah not, not a the, bunch of albums can't have come out no, uh, no no they had a ton of albums but we don't know any of them yeah yeah but again the way the movie is shooting is like they've had one album that's yes. the way the movie seems to imply correct they've had one album and it was a monster hit such a monster hit that they toured all of britain and all of the u.s yep now they're in the executive office they're mm-hmm. at the music uh, studio. The head honcho, yeah. The, the head man mm-hmm. with their manager, mm-hmm. their lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want to make a second album called Night at the Opera. And <laughs> again, mm-hmm. and also this is Freddie spearheading this entire operation. Yep. The band's behind Freddie as yep. opposed to it being the band decision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Freddie's sort of leading the charge, even though Freddie doesn't even come off as a leader in this film. But they, they don't, the film doesn't really know what to do with his relationship with the rest of the band members frankly yeah. and he's basically like oh it's gonna be an opera and, and the you know mike myers is like we, you know we want the hits mm-hmm. we want you know give us give us fat bottom girls he doesn't say that i forget which song he kill gets. a queen drive my car i think he says i drive my i want another drive my car and we're like no no no, we're doing something new and frankly freddie's actually being like i mean he's being a dick who cares but also like it, it, he's not being very um uh, prudent in, in his negotiations like it, it doesn't no. actually make sense strategy wise he's just it's it's again it's the film doing this cliche scene of the artist versus the studio hack yes and it's just we're going right to the conflict immediately yep. and we're like we're just gonna have freddie scream like no this is what we're doing no this is not yeah, what the, I want. the only thing missing I'm gonna, I'm gonna ruin you yeah you the know? only thing missing is him like quoting tom petty like i won't back down right yeah some shit like that right <laughs> that's the only thing um, missing and so, oh, oh, so this studio executive is fake. This isn't a real guy. Yeah, he's loosely he's, based on another guy. Roy Foster doesn't. Ray Foster, whatever they give him, is not a real person. This is oh, not a real person. He's such a specific character. I thought for sure, like nope. he has a specific glasses, specific haircut, specific voice. They probably I for took sure, things of other people and just mashed them. They made together. a composite character probably. like that. Probably. Oh my god, that's even worse, dude. And the only reason they brought in Mike Myers is because he's friendly with May and Taylor, and because they of Wayne's to give World. Him a part. Oh well, Wayne's World actually helped yes. make Bohemian Rhapsody a hit and, in the U.S. You know, and Myers, yeah. for, you know, say what you want about Myers, Myers can do uh, British accents. Oh yeah, he's oh yeah, very good at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sure. It's just his. He's character- actually it actually the performance is is a fun performance. He's yeah. great in the film. It's not bad, but like it's <laughs> he is. a nothing. It's, great in the it's film. a nothing. The character means nothing. It's a nothing character. It's very strange. You didn't need this scene whatsoever. You didn't need this conflict whatsoever. But the conflict is, it it comes across as small potatoes conflict. Yes. Because there's no escalation, really. It's just, I'm I'm at A, I'm at B, that's it. Yeah. And I'm going to do it no matter what. I don't care that you're the boss. Right. Okay, but what are the repercussions? None. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's uh, why it would have worked better if they used real life and said, "Hey, bro, if this fucking fails, you're done." Yeah, it's like this inherent conflict in that. You're done. But you know why they couldn't do that? Because they just showed them touring and being world famous. So then you go, "Hey, listen, we're gonna release you." The audience is gonna go, "Wait, what?" Mm -hmm. He's been touring all over the country. He's been blowing dudes all over the U.S. (laughs) What do you mean? He's clanging and banging. The guy's killing the game. Yep. So, yeah. you're right. and, and you know, it's it's another excuse to also show 
the camaraderie between the band, one. Yes. And two, introduce the lawyer. Yeah. Miami Beach. Miami Beach. Jim, right? Yes. That's his name. Yeah. Um, who becomes, you know... Their second manager. Second manager because it goes on to be an important character. And I actually, yeah. I like that actor. I've seen him in other stuff. He was in Bird Box and Taboo. Mm-hmm. I don't know his name, but I, I, I think he's a very good actor and he's really great in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an excuse to establish those relationships, it feels like. Yeah. Um, and also, to we don't have any antagonists no. in this art. Like, the, the, the antagonist doesn't come until... Uh, what's his name? Paul. Paul. He's there, but he's not he's even there. Really but a... he's not an antagonist till the third act, right? So they need. Yeah, it's some... just it's like he's like a subterfuge right. uh, villain. But even then, with this part, he even helps Queen. He's like, well, yeah, uh, f- a fucking some song is you know six and a half minutes long. So and that was a hit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, like but, everybody's on. But he this. does it because he's so enamored with Freddie. Yeah, sure. Like he's he's trying to get in with him on the yes. inside. Yes. Um. So you know and. That's the thing, too. This could have been... Not only could they have been like, this has to be... Not only does Night at the Opera have to be a hit or you're going to lose. Also, Night at the Opera has to be a hit and you want to make your single, Bohemian Rhapsody, which is six minutes. It's never going to be played on the radio. Mm-hmm. That, which is a great story. It's a real story, right? And, yep. they, and they get into it. A, uh, they do do it mm-hmm. where he goes and he it just jumps to him being at the radio station. There's yeah. no... So there's one thing I want to say because that it anno- this movie annoys me with it, with its way it fucks with history. So before, because the history is also interesting. The real yes, history is before they start. So love of my life, which is a great song. Great song. That's on the album A Night at the Opera. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so uh, I'm supposed to believe that he was performing this song in its entirety for thousands of people, and everyone already knows the words of a song that has not been released. And they're mm-hmm. all singing it, uh, and he's telling Mary, well, you know, I, I wrote the song for you, so they're all singing it for you. Oh, I have a, I have a commentary about that scene, too. But that's, that's what but happens the before is- they actually do a Bohemian Rhapsody. And that's what happens when then, because uh, right before that also is when Paul, uh, which I don't believe this is how this, is ha- how ha- this happened. There is no way, just judging by how stars are, right, there's no way some handler is gonna shit on the beard of the lead singer who mm-hmm. he obviously loves either even if, even if it's not sexually he loves her emotionally oh, he was in love with her his whole life correct yeah. he like left his estate to her and so shit i'm supposed to believe paul shits on her gets away with it makes more you know sarcastic comments as uh <laughs> as he's playing on the piano love of my life like just toying it or toying with it oh, and he's like yeah it's about my wife and he's like sure it is or yeah whatever and then he forcibly kisses him. Yeah. I feel like that's not how it went down in real life. No, I don't think so at, at all. all. At because all. that would piss me off. Like, no, no, no. I, he she would is, have his she actually, ass fired. Yeah. Like, Freddie wasn't lying. He's like, she was the love of my life. Yeah. You know, uh, you're a piece of shit. Don't talk about my wife like that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that happens later, right? So, but even going back, so they just... Yeah. Listen, I mean this, but this is what the film is saying, right? So it's not saying that "Love of My Life" was at on Night of the Opera, and there just somehow that everybody would have known the song. Yeah. With this film, it's just fucking with history and going, yeah, we're just gonna pretend "Love of My Life" was on another album. That's yeah. all they're. That's that's what they're saying. Yeah. Right. And then we see we go back, and then we see the guys fighting on what song. But now they're recording a Night of the Opera, and we see all the guys fighting to what, have what songs are on there even though they put up this united front in front of uh mike myers right. well 
thing is though that fighting doesn't last very long the, no. the, again this is a scene where like it starts the scene starts being about oh the band is fighting over the songs yeah. and what kind of music we're making and then it quickly shifts into oh actually we're all on the same page again yeah and then it but it also shows that uh freddie goes oh you, these guys are gonna fight I'm, I'm not about this i'm just gonna go into the other room i'm gonna toy with the opening notes of bohemian rhapsody and then i'm gonna have that dramatic clip to use for my oscar uh uh feed of right. me singing bohemian rhapsody and i just i have the genius the the flash of genius and that's it yeah it's which happening. is not a flash of genius freddie mercury was writing that song for years yeah. And he was showing it to the guys for years. He and shows it to Mary in an earlier yeah. scene. He right. played it. But so, like, oh and also, God. let's jump back to that earlier scene because I, I I think it's a great example of the clusterfuck that this production was. <laughs> um, it actually... So the whole thing with Love of My Life where... So basically, just to recap or for people who haven't seen it, mm -hmm. there's a scene where he is with Mary after his US tour and mm -hmm. there's a filmed version so the, he was yes. they're so big that they're on tv now yeah of their concerts which is massive that means they yeah. were fucking huge that means they were the, one of the biggest bands on the planet mm -hmm. is what this is saying so he's doing love of my life and everybody has their lighters up and they're mm -hmm. all singing the song and it's actually an emotionally powerful moment yeah but they barely cut to the actual concert yeah of him of it's literally we're watching so we're watching two characters watch a concert yes instead of them him talking to her and being like yeah so you know telling the story like you know we just did a concert yeah the song i wrote about you everybody knows it now yeah and then we could have just cut to the concert or even do a voiceover as he's discussing with her and, and you're showing yes, it exactly yeah but they only show what like five full seconds yeah and, and then, then it cuts back to the tv yeah you know what that tells me yeah they didn't have enough coverage for this scene. Correct. Singer didn't Something film like that, that scene. Yeah. Or, or all the people, it was all mostly green screen, fake people. And so mm -hmm. if they cut to the concert, it would have been too obvious. Yeah. So we can only show a short clip. And really most of it is from Freddie's point of view. We see Freddie's face and then a yeah. quick cut to the people with the lighters. Yeah. And we get no emotional weight of this or very little emotional weight of the scene. And that yeah. could have been a super powerful scene. Yeah. So that to me was a perfect example of oh, this was a clusterfuck and Brian Singer didn't film the scene correctly. Yeah. And the editor had to do his magic and edit it onto the TV and we get a taste of what of the emotional weight of the scene yeah. with them all singing Love of My Life, but it's yeah. we barely see it. For the most part, we're watching them watch it. But it also doesn't matter because then uh, 20 seconds later, Mary just ruins it and says, I can't do this anymore. I know you're gay. Right. So that's another thing too. So, so the scene morphs into something completely different. You're the love of my life. No, you're not. And it's like, well, what? Well, she's like, I can't do this. And he goes, I think I'm, I'm bisexual. And she goes, No, no you're, you're gay. gay. And then she says, and this, that, another thing, another thing of me saying this conversation did not happen this way. There mm -hmm. is no way Mary said. Uh, I'm, I'm sure she probably referenced like other relationships. I, I don't have any problem with that. But then she said, uh, Yeah, uh, I, I love you, but I'm gay. And it's not even your fault because you have you can't control yourself or something like that. She yeah, says, yeah, yeah. There's no way. Because she didn't choose whatever. There's just no fucking way. Well, that's just the movie uh, forgiving, making sure we're like, oh, we're all okay with him being gay. It's not. And now we don't that, make it like he doesn't he have a choice. Right. Because being a homosexual is not a choice. I, I know that. 
we doesn't have to be like it's so i i find that so in your face and offensive to like just slam that home no i think it's so too. not it that's it, not a natural that's not a natural reaction to have when you're discussing it's, pa- something it's like patronizing that. yeah it's patronizing i hated it I, I because also you can make the argument like oh it's not your fault because you can't control it was well, like yeah but it's he chose to be with you while yeah. being gay apparently yeah also he says he's bisexual you just deny that yeah you just say no no you're not so the phone's no. basically like oh because freddie mercury does say like he said that i was like like you know he slept with men and women oh yeah so obviously like romantically and emotionally, he's very seems, open about that so yeah. but the movie's basically saying no freddie you lied you're not bi at all you're just gay so that that's insulting. Or he too. could be pansexual. I know that wasn't a thing back then. Right. He could just he could have been pansexual who just preferred preferred men. Yeah, like romantically, emotionally, whatever. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that yeah. scene was shit, and also <laughs> part of why another reason why that scene uh doesn't really affect me emotionally with where she gets upset and he leaves his wife. I mean it. It's strong enough for Freddy because we got so much of him, but we barely have any context for this relationship. They're just yeah. together in scenes. Yeah, they're just together. We don't, I barely know this woman's name. Mm-hmm. I've I barely seen this actress. It's mm-hmm. the most she's talked throughout the entire film is this scene. Yep. There I've is no connection you, between them. Yeah, I've never seen you speak more than three, two sentences yeah. until this scene. Yeah. So why do I care? I'm sorry, I don't. I, don't. I mean, it's sad that the relationship ended and Freddy and... Remy Malik does a great job of, of like finding the pathos and pain of yeah. Freddie so that I, I can connect to that. Yeah. But in terms but the script ain't helping him. No. He's doing all the heavy lifting. No. Um, yeah, it's 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 rough. It's it doesn't know it's it's all over the place. Um and then we quickly go from <laughs> Yeah, we, we move back a bit, but let's wait, no, no, yeah. but then we quickly go from that to going back to recording Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. And then we get uh, more of John Ottman's uh, magic where we have a montage of them doing uh, recreating Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. And it's, and he it's really great, well done. It is very well say. done. I gotta he say. He does a masterful editing job. This man here. probably said how much do you have of them recording Bohemian Rhapsody? We have a lot. Okay, I can drag this for five minutes. Right. I can do this. Yeah. And I it's fun and it's quick and it's snappy and it's entertaining. And it's, it's very entertaining. It's about making, you know, an amazing song. So It shows them the genius behind them. It shows yeah. them. It shows the camaraderie know. between the band, which is really nice. Yeah. Like you're seeing them all work together. Yeah. Uh, it's actually a, a satisfying scene. I agree. Um, so after we get that long montage of that excellent scene, we go cut back to Mike Myers. He's bitching about the song. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's opera. It's six minutes. What we yeah. gotta do? We, we get more of that. Yeah. Um, they wind up leaving, saying, "Well, you know, if you don't put it out, you're gonna lose us." Whatever. That didn't happen. They throw a brick through the window. That, yeah, that didn't happen. That which also, like, is happen. like, why did he do that? It did, Freddie didn't even seem that mad when he left the office, and no. didn't make sense. Whatever. Uh, so he wants. And it's up, not even that. That's like for dramatic escalation. But then he throws the rock, and then the scene ends. Yeah, it's just so stupid. It's we, just dumb. He goes to then um, a pirate radio like uh, broadcast. Well, it it's seemed. a radio. So basically, so the real story of Bohemian Rhapsody is like, yeah, it was a problem that it was six minutes, mm-hmm. and no one was going to play it. But he had a friend. He was friends with this guy his whole life. Okay, and there, and um, he was also gay. His name was Kenny. Okay, something. Yeah. Um, this is actually before he breaks up with the yeah. wife, so I yeah. jumped ahead. So, but it's this is also the scene where she seems to be onto him. Yeah, 
like she's like oh why this, do you know this really flamboyant yeah it's almost guy. actually a little homophobic and, where and, it's like oh he's really gay and you seem very gay with him no not only that it's also you seem just very gay with him. right yeah like they're drinking champagne together and she's mm-hmm. like Ooh, something's off. um <laughs> and like there seems to be this sort of underlying question of did freddie and him ever hook up yeah uh, although in real life, I, I don't think they ever actually did. Like, they would go to nightclubs and stuff And Paul's together. loving it because Paul's gay. And he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, Mary doesn't know shit about him. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, this is the seeds of Paul being a villain because yeah. he's like, you know, he, he's obviously relishing her pain. confusion and pain. Yeah. Um, but this is a real story. Like, the guy, basically, Freddie was friends with this guy. Mm-hmm. He had the power to be on the radio. and But the real story is that they would the guy would release, like, minutes at a time, okay. I'm pretty sure. Like, he would play, like, two minutes. Okay. And then he kept getting calls from people being like, yo, this song, can you play the rest of the song? Play mm-hmm. the rest of the song. Play the rest of the song. And he actually created buzz around it, and then he played the full song. Smart. And that's what happened. So it's actually a really interesting story about how Bohemian Rhapsody get played in the radio, and it happens in two seconds. It's yeah. Freddie being like, oh, you can't play this. Oh, I won't. I won't. And they have this kind of cheeky moment, yeah. which was part of the history. Mm-hmm. But then he just plays it, and they become a big hit. Yeah, and then that's so we can get the – within the recording room, we could get the silhouette of the famous music video for Bohemian Rhapsody yes. of the four of them. Four of them lit. The shadow with backlit. And I hated that. That was yeah. some hack eye shit, hack nine shit. I will say though, couldn't stand that. Editing wise, what I really liked, and I thought this was really fun. I don't know whose decision this was, if it was Ottman's or whoever's, where they play the song, mm-hmm. and then you have the montage of uh, critics, yeah, shitting on shitting the, on it or the mixed reviews, yeah, yeah, the mixed reviews being like it's pompous, it's, yeah, you know, opera, it's not what, and I really thought that was fun. Oh yeah, that was interesting. I like that contrast where I'm like, oh, I do. Plenty of these people hated the song and became a hit anyway. Because yep. and I think what the film is saying is like critics didn't they didn't understand the song. Like people were like, this isn't rock music. This song was so um polarizing, yeah. but it was such a big hit still. Well maybe and they'll I say this about great. our podcast. We don't know shit about Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but you know what? Uh I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> this movie's a mess. Um so yeah, well I I liked how they did that. I just didn't like how they just jumped right in. It was just it was just to get the pop, like we said the cheap yeah, pop. Yeah, yeah, sure. The cheap pop. pop. And then uh, now we see them uh, touring now internationally. Right. So yeah. They're so in Perth. They're in Rio. Tokyo. In Tokyo Osaka. Berlin. Uh, and obviously they had no clips. No clips. Nope. There was no coverage of them being at concerts. No, so it was just, you needed it was just city Amin. names. To have the fun, flashy editing of the city names, which is pretty yeah. clever considering what they had. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seemed clear to me like, oh, they did not film them at fake concerts at all. Yep. So we're just going to do that because it's nice and easy. It's not like you had a giant movie studio budget to do it, right? Which yeah. you did. Oh, yeah. Um, so now they're internationally famous. Yes. yes. And then we... Which, I mean, if they toured the U.S., they basically, from Britain to the U.S., they already yeah. would have been internationally famous, but whatever. Uh, we flash forward then to 1980 real quick. Uh, yes. That just happened. We don't uh, we don't care about any of the great albums that came after this. No. So we've broken up with Mary. Now we go to short uh, haircut Freddie. Uh, yes, and the mustache, which I mustache. didn't I didn't know the mustache in the '80s was a gay thing until only a couple of years ago. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh really? I actually didn't know that. Yeah, all. supposedly that was like an identifier. Huh? That you were gay. So that's why you wore it. Yeah. Um, oh, that's that's, the, that's the implication. That was like a gay. Yeah. I mean, okay. they even say it in the you look more gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do say that. Yes. I mean, yeah. Um, he 
loves Mary so much he moved her like right next door. Yeah. He pays which, for everything which in is, his mansion. Yeah, which is true. I think in real life. Yeah, 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 yeah. She lived right next door. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, I mean, he, he did. It's not yeah, and it's not just because he loved her. It's because like the, she was like she was a, like his closest friend too. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean? No, that he needed her. Right. You know, and they make that pretty plain in the movie. Um, so yeah, so we cut to the future. He's in his new house. Roger Taylor doesn't like him. Like him yeah, that he well, has his com- house, which is bizarre. Well, I didn't get that. I got where this was the beginning of Freddie uh, becoming distant from his friends because they've moved on for their own families. So yep. like even theme, we're going back to the family where Rogers, he's like, stay with me. First off, there's no context for this, right? <laughs> yeah. And honestly, it's just Remy Malik's acting, which is really good in this scene, where I get where you get the uh, strong sense of his... Uh, loneliness Mm -hmm. right but there's no context for it it just jumps ahead to him being in an empty house and he's lonely Mm -hmm. and there was no build-up to it but it does do a pretty good job i guess of really quickly providing context roger's like listen i gotta get home i have a family yeah and freddie doesn't and so it's Mm -hmm. like oh they have their own responsibilities and family and i'm alone in this house by myself yeah so which means i gotta throw a party now let me tell you something yes which are famous. Freddie Very Mercury famous. would always throw parties. And Huge parties. So apparently it was because he was alone. You know, he would get lonely. Yes. Yeah. When I was in sixth grade, I read a uh, biography about him called The Show Must Go On. Uh-huh. And they had multiple chapters just dedicated to his huge parties. Right. And let me tell you something. That I'll tell you. This is one of the things I actually hate about this movie. They made, I read a review and I, it sums this movie up perfectly. They made a PG movie based off an R-rated rock star's life. <laughs> yeah. This movie is safe. Um, it's oh, conventional. It's conventional for a man who is anything but safe and conventional. Yeah. And watching these part, quote unquote, party scenes. Uh, oh, they're so not- muted and pathetic. Very muted. It's sad. It's like his- parties my friends, uh, friends and I would have in our b- Bro, basement in high school. His parties were eyes wide shut. Right. I, this is gonna, I'm going to say something very graphic. But it just it gives you uh, what his parties were like. There were women walking around nude with cigars and cigarettes in their vagina, and they're smoking it through their vagina. Just walking right. around willy-nilly, dozens of them, all the time, while people are having sex, and people are getting drunk, and people are doing fucking coke everywhere. Right. That's what his parties were. Instead, they made it seem like, like you said, like, oh, we're 17 years old, we're going to get drunk. And- yeah, we're getting drunk and doing coke. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. These, it's because, not a flamboyant. I, I understand you know. it's not a rated R film, so and you want to uh, appeal to people. Yeah, you can at least sort of imply it. Yeah, they don't even imply orgies really. There's like one part where Freddy's has the band over, and then Paul shows up with a bunch of dudes, and he goes, "Sorry, yeah. we're late." That's later in Munich. Yeah, way later, right? But there's that implication, and that just to give the party context of yeah. like, oh, there's a debauchery. There's a slight, yeah implication that they're about to have an orgy but it's very it's very subtextual yes the only reason i would know that is because i know freddie mercury's life and i know about those parties oh yeah right because otherwise it just like anyone watching who doesn't know anything about this character or this person you'd be like oh he's he's having a bunch of his friends over to get fucked up and do coke and it wasn't only that it was a party where it was it he threw strange parties where it was uh, very, very famous people mingling with weirdos, mingling mm-hmm. with artsy people, mingling with regular people. It was like they were. It was just a potpourri right. of people. Well, it's like having Andy Warhol's factory parties and them just yeah. being around a table. 
yeah drinking tea talking about art like, yeah what does it make sense like it's not what it was mm-hmm. and then so now we then as this party's going on he has uh the antagonistic uh conversation with the band yeah and paul uh his i guess gay lover now well him and paul are now so now yeah. in this act paul mary's out of the picture yeah he, he's he's separated from her literally you know mm-hmm. f- physically um and now paul is basically the wedge between freddie and the band correct right yes yes um and freddie is now going into this drug fueled rock star which phase. is not even shown at all it's barely shown it's barely i just see him with like champagne one sa- scene well were you talking about the scene where he comes in and they argue and then the riff happens with uh the actual bass riff with another one bites us no no i'm talking about actually in that party you just see him wearing the crown and the and the queen's robe yeah and he's just drinking champagne i get nothing that he is coked out of his mind no not really no i just get that he's lonely and he wants to be around people that's what i get and he gets fucked up but he's gotten fucked up in earlier scenes like he gets drunk i don't get that he's He's an addict it seems extremely tame yes for when you know about the rock star lifestyles quote unquote yeah and he's the epitome of the rock star lifestyle oh yeah he helped define it yes. define it yep so i mean the guy got aids yeah. right from yeah. from casual gay sex yeah right because he was throwing these parties all the time yeah so like and again you're right you get none of it Mm-mm. um so what happens as he you know he gets into you know the rift obviously with the band and and paul causing it a little bit you get a, a sense of that uh, then they cut to now uh, they're cleaning up one of these parties. It's the same party, but they're cleaning it up. And um, he smacks a waiter's ass. Yeah. And the waiter rightfully tells him, uh, hey, dude, you do that again. I'm, I'm going to fucking, fucking knock you I'm going to hit you in the face. And he automatically gets like, oh, my God. You know, essentially saying like because he did he was even though people kind of knew what Freddie was at this time, he, he still didn't uh, broadcast that. Right. You didn't well, want, you didn't want people. You didn't want that out. It was also like you get the sense, like, oh, f- and even uh, even being debaucherous and all this. Well, it was he was crossing ashamed. a line. He's crossing a line. So like you get the sense, like, oh, Freddie's not a piece of shit. He's yeah. actually like, you, I actually like that interaction because like, oh sure, oh Freddie's a good guy. He actually feels bad. Oh yeah, like, he oh, feels I'm sorry. very I thought, bad. I thought you were in on it. Like yeah. I thought you wanted. Like that's we. You know, mm-hmm. I thought you were like me. Yeah, and uh, he's not. And he apologizes profusely, and I think yeah. I did actually like that. No, I, I bought it. I know yeah, I yeah, totally yeah. bought it. I'm just saying what what happened. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so uh, you also get the sense like right away like the guy's oh he's straight. Yeah, which he's not. No, and but then he's like, uh, but I also like a man in uniform. Right, and that's when Freddie was like, oh, so you are gay. Right, and it it does actually add an interesting element because it's like oh this is a gay man who respects himself mm-hmm. and he's not just going to go and blow you because you exactly. grabbed his Cause ass. Cause you're, and also because you're Freddie Mercury. You're yeah. going to have to earn this shit. Right, exactly. So, And that's what I like about this scene. So then we cut back. They're drinking together. and It's Hutt, the same day. right? Same, it's, it's, it's the same right, night. Same probably night. a few minutes later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Hutton's talking to him. They kiss. But Hutton's like, listen, uh, I'm not going to be with you until you love yourself and like yourself because you, uh, you obviously don't. Right. Uh, which I guess is what which this is movie's an, about. I was just about to say that. But so it's really another not. Another thing it's this movie's about, but not really. And then we don't see not Jim him. until the end, even though Jim was very important to his life. Extreme. Jim was the other love of his life. Yes. So it was Jim and Mary. Jim is the other man in the will. Right. 
so it was Jim <laughs> and Mary. I think I think the yeah. estate got split between him and Mary. Correct. <laughs> so yeah. Well, not only that, not only do we not see him till later, the film, mm-hmm. the story the film is telling is mm-hmm. he met this guy one time. Yes. But we'll get to that. Oh, we we can't. We have we we have to talk about that later. Yeah. yeah. We can't jump. Like it's too stupid. It's stupid, actually. Yeah. I'm gonna say that. Um. So what happens? Uh. That's when we get. Um. Freddie is late. He's pulling the the diva shit, which I'm sure he did. Sure. Um. And well, because uh, they mentioned too, like you're late again. Like he's yeah, always I'm late. sure he did that shit. Yeah. And Brian May was like, you know what? I'm done with this shit. I got. We let's let's do something. We have recording time. It's it's costing right. money. We gotta do this. And he thinks of, uh, uh, to do the beat for We Will Rock You. It's supposed to be 1980. Wait, so wait, hold on. I'm sorry. Yeah. The another one bites the dust scene. When does that happen? Later. That's later. That's later. Because I have a, I have, I do have a note here where Freddie has the line where he goes, "Queen is whatever I say it is." Yes. Was that this scene or the next one? I think it's the another one bites. That the dust. I don't know. It's another one bites the dust. So let's talk that, about this one first because that's yeah. such a stupid fucking line. Yeah. And it makes no sense. And it's a, it's fake dramatic conflict that they just stuck in there. Yeah. Because there's no, there's no justification for it. They were trying for to it. force that the, this band had conflict when it never did. Right. They did not have conflict. They all got along. They had the hiatus where uh, Freddie didn't even release a solo album at that time. He released it in 85, but it wasn't because well, he forced it. Well, also, they, they all, did, they all agreed, agreed to do solo. They wanted a break from each other. Yes. They're like, yeah, let's take a little break. They, they were always planning. They were always planning to yes. get back together. They were even interviewed. They said, we're not broken up. It's ridiculous. We're just, go, you know, so. It, let me, so let me. So it's supposed to be 1980. Do you know when We Will Rock You came out? I actually don't know, no. Uh, 1977's News of the World. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah. So he's doing... The <laughs> I know that a lot. Doom, doom, bang, and they're doing this. Now, this is my Sex pistol story I want to tell you about. Because it didn't happen in 1980. It happened in 1977. And what happened was they were actually filming in this... Uh, not filming. Recording in the same studio. With the Sex Pistols? Yes, at the same time. Okay. And Johnny Rotten really loved them, but Sid mm-hmm. Vicious was a fucking asshole. And, you know, so Sid Vicious comes in and he's drunk. He stumbles in yeah, the recording. He's, he's, Sid Vicious is a psychopath. Yeah. yeah. He, he says, I wrote it down. Uh, have you succeeded in bringing ballet to the masses yet? <laughs> That's really funny. And, That's really funny, actually. <laughs> and supposedly, Freddie Mercury looked at him and said, Simon Ferocious, we're doing our best, dear. <laughs> That's great. And that's that little anecdote about that. Oh, that would have been nice to have in the film. It would have been hilarious. That would have been so good. Because I could Simon also... Ferocious. Purpose, purposely mangling his name to piss yeah. him off. I love it. I, that's great to that's me. That's so great. Because like, okay, you got me. I'm going to get you now. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, And you're going to hate it because I'm making you seem like you're nothing to me. Right. And not only that, that's not actually going to insult Freddie Mercury. No. Ballet to the mat. Yeah, I get, oh, you're calling us gay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's I'm just, clever. I'm, I also wrote punk songs that are just as punk as you, so I don't give a fuck. Hey, come on. Um. Anyway, so we they do "We Will Rock You" because Queen was noted for having their audiences fucking uh, jam to the songs. Yeah, they were one of those their few bands. Songs, yeah, you know, people loved it. And Brian, I would have loved. I would have killed to been one of those fucking concerts. Oh yeah, great. That must have been an amazing concert. Yeah, it's been awesome. And May was right to have more audience participation. You know, and it's, and then that's why they're considered one of the greatest live bands of all time. Yeah, it, you know, it's just I, I've listened to a few of their live live albums, especially their last concert at Wembley in '86, and it's uh-huh. just it's amazing. 
Um, so he, you know, they do We Will Rock You. We cut to them in Madison Square Garden doing it. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of that because we had to fill time in this movie. Yeah, I guess they, they did. Usually people have to cut film, cut runtime. They had to add runtime, apparently. Oh, yeah. We have to show a lot of concert footage in this movie. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, to be fair, that is the crowd pleasing part. So for yeah. people like us, at least for me, I'm like, I wanted more concert footage because yeah. I'm like, this movie sucks. At least give me Queen's music. Yeah. Um, um, and they mostly deliver. I mean, there, there were a lot of I, I could have heard more, to be honest. Yeah, so then I'm supposed to believe that Mary and her new boyfriend traveled all the way from London to New York City for the Madison Square Garden concert. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. So she shows her new boyfriend, David, right. to Freddie. Freddie is heartbroken by this. I can actually understand a little bit why. Yeah, that works for the film. Yep. Uh, also, she ends up having kids with David. This is not uh, her. She was married to like some artist. His name was Pierce, I think. Oh. Okay. It wasn't David. I don't know why they changed his name. Maybe it's a legal thing. Maybe he didn't want. Yeah. Maybe he just didn't want his name in there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Um. So, uh, Paul winds up whisking him away. Yeah. Uh. Because that before all this happens, though, we see Paul planting the seeds for Freddie to go solo. Right. So the film, the way this film makes it, is Freddie is being wedged from the band, mm-hmm. and he's gonna go solo because there's more in it i i because it's his vision doesn't it's not there's no there's no justification for it no it's not even and what i mean is they don't even give one not only that the band was totally okay with him doing a solo album they wanted him to do it they all agreed yes brian may went and did other shit yes exactly that's why i don't like that they did this it's annoying to me so that's also tells me that they just fucking hate paul yes whoever paul was in real life they fucking couldn't stand this guy because they're making it seem like it was completely Unless, his idea. Yeah, and maybe, well, maybe that was the point. That maybe they were saying, like, yeah, we all agreed to go solo, but we wanted to go solo because we wanted some yes. time away from Fred. So I, he, I don't know. So Paul tells the manager, listen, we Freddie deserves a, his own separate record deal with CBS. Uh, here's the, you don't see the price yet, but he shows him a number. You're in, you insinuates that's a fucking gigantic number, which it right. was. And, uh, they go they're driving in the streets of new york in a limo or a taxi one of them and the manager brings it up aiden gian brings it up because he is a bad guy and it, 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 those these kind of messages always just sound worse when aiden is delivering them uh-huh. it sounds nefarious to me and uh paul then they don't portray him as a bad guy in the film though not really no not at all it's just he, like he, he's supposed he, to be he just sounds evil yeah, yeah yeah and then that's when we you all this is when you really see paul's because uh, you can Mac, see, Mac, machinations yes because you can make one case that maybe he just loves Freddie and wants Freddie to he be wants the, the best for him yeah 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 whatever this is when you really see because he lies and says oh that was his idea I didn't know I knew about it but I tried to talk him out of it and then he lies to Freddie's face a bunch of times yeah. about this so Freddy, now we're just like oh he's a villain he's a villain he's the bad guy Freddie kicks out the manager and uh, what do we go to now what's next do you remember? Uh, well, we skipped now another one bites the dust, right? Because uh, I, I have to talk about that scene. No, no, we're about it. We're about it now. Uh, oh, right, because he hasn't gone solo yet. So I, okay. I wrote it right here. His father. We now we finally cut back to his father. We finally see. Yeah, him. I I thought they would just forgot about the family. I thought, oh, we're never going to go back to his parents, and I didn't really care if they did because it 
the film didn't make it about the parents anyway. Nope. So we see uh, the father is reading about Freddie's uh, homosexual exploits, probably in the sun, because yeah. the son would do that. Um, you know, we get a we get the case that, like we said, we barely see Freddie drunk or high, but we're supposed to believe that he is. Yeah. That's when they now he's like generally fucked up, sort of. I don't see it at but all. I'm it's sorry. Very tame. It, it just to me, it seems like the guy needs Why? a cup of coffee. Yeah, because he's wearing sunglasses and a room. right. I don't know, whatever. He it seems based off what I see in that movie, he wore sunglasses all the time. Right. Um. So they're fighting over the sound and the direction of the band. They uh-huh. wanted to go disco. That's... Yes, got you right. Yes. So Freddie, Brian didn't want to go disco, mm-hmm. and Paul didn't want it to go disco. Mm-hmm. And John, yeah, so three of them didn't want it to go disco, but Freddie comes in and he sort of. I want to be uh, one uh, with the times. He, I want to be popular. So basically, that's the story. Right? I don't want so, to go disco, but I'm going to make electronical, uh, electronic albums, and right. synth albums in the 80s. Synth. Yeah, but whatever. Exactly. Sure. So the whole disco thing, which comes out of nowhere, I don't I don't even really understand it. Yeah. It, it's confusing to me because I, I, I'm not even sure what disco is at this point in this context. Uh, disco was dead. Right. So right. I, I, I don't know what they, when in that context back then, what was considered disco music and what wasn't. Yeah. Like is ABBA disco, uh, you know. Yeah. Is that what they mean by disco? Is just popular music? Because you guys already write popular music. Yeah. So and also I, another one bites the dusk is not disc, disco. It's more funk. No, it's not disco. That's what it's I mean. Funk. So like, did they really have this conversation where Freddie wanted to go disco? Why would why would why would the record companies even want Queen to go disco? It's like you're Queen. You have your own sound and you're popular. Yeah. You don't. Well, like, to be honest, all the rock bands kind of had a disco-y song. Yeah. Point, th- th- that's. But, what, but this is why I ask. What do they mean by going disco? Yeah. Becoming more popular with the sound of the times, okay. Yeah. I guess incorporating disco elements, that seems something different. Yeah. So I'm confused when they say <laughs> yeah. going disco. Yeah. Right? And that's when they say that line. Okay. So I don't know what disco is. Whatever. So they come in and all three of them are like, yeah, we don't want to do disco. And mm-hmm. Freddie's like, no, no, I do. I want to be. And it, again, the, the, the emotional subtext here is that Freddie wants to connect with everybody. He doesn't like he doesn't want to get lost behind because he's lonely and alone mm-hmm. or whatever. That's how I read it. Yeah. And then they sort of have this blow up and Freddie screams, Queen is whatever I say it is. Yes. OK. Which is the dumbest line in the film. Mm-hmm. This There's no justification for this line. It's another perfect example of them just forcing conflict without context because all of the context you've given throughout this entire film up mm-hmm. to this point is the band all works together to make these songs. Yeah. And case in point, it's funny because that I see him scream that line and I'm like, this scene is going to be so stupid. Yeah. They're just going to blow up and it's going to be that scene where he leaves and we've now forced Freddie going into his solo career. It actually doesn't, though. No. The scene actually just basically he says that line. Pie eyes uh, Taylor with paper in the face. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he like puts his like which would lead to a fight. I yeah, would absolutely. get decked. That's a fight. Um, so it, again, completely unjustified. But <laughs> he screams, Queen is whatever I say it is. It's like, their response should have been, what are you talking about? Yeah. That, that, that doesn't even make sense. Like they wouldn't even take it seriously. And the film just ignores him saying that line it's almost like the movie in the editing they were like that line is stupid so we're just going to move on yeah and john just starts riffing and the film improves yeah uh the scene rather improves the problem is that we don't hear that riff though because it's not plugged into a an amp so (laughs) no you're just seeing him and then all of a sudden all of a sudden you hear malik go 
you don't even hear it though. You just it's so because it's not plugged in. You just kind of hear that he's doing it, and you just oh, I like that. Yeah, can we play that for me? Yeah, play it one more time. That's good. So, and but what I liked about the scene is. Again, you're getting to me what this film should have been about is he starts riffing like bam, bam, bam. and if you know mm-hmm. Queen, you know you know what the riff is. Yeah. They all turn yeah. and all as a group go, That's awesome. Yeah. Let's all work together. Yeah. And it's a great encapsulation of the band. Yes. Where it's like they all recognize a great sound. They all agree. They have this kind of creative hive mind. Mm-hmm. And then all their talents come together to make a great song. Yes. And I'm like, that's what Queen is. Yes. It, Queen isn't, Queen is whatever I say it is. And we're all going to riff and we all disagree on the music. Mm-hmm. We're going to completely contradict that and go, no, Queen is, all these guys are super talented. Yep. The bassist who we whose name we barely know at this point. Mm-hmm created the riff and the backbone of one of their most popular songs ever and we're all going to work together to make a great song and we actually should be a band yes and i also get the fact that uh freddie did the lyrics to another one bites of dust right on the spot because he started just ripping them off (laughs) that's what it sounds like right it sounds like he does that a lot i feel like it's it's kind of like that story you said about cobain writing uh Uh, smells like like teen spirit (laughs) two minutes on the napkin right so like Cobain, the story goes uh, where, you know, if you ever hear Smells Like Teen Spirit, everyone has these uh, like ideas and, and thoughts. The song like, makes no what's sense. What's the song is actually about? What's the subtext? Is it about the culture of the time? And basically they asked Dave Grohl and Dave Grohl's like, I have a hard time believing the song was about anything substantial, basically, or it has this secret meaning when I watched him write the lyrics in five minutes and then we recorded it. So, so yeah, it's like that. But it's. You know, it's this Amadeus effect, I guess, where Freddie's sort of this virtuoso. Uh, yeah. But they don't even really show that throughout the film. It's just in scenes like that. I just think the scene is lazy, and we got to just cut to him. Well, then them we, making the song together because we, we want to hear them do yes. another one bites of dust. And then we have to cut to another one bites of dust as Freddie is going through the gay clubs. Right. Because we the need night, that we scene. Get, we get the montage of the nightclubs. Oh yeah. Because we couldn't show it in the parties. No. But if he's going to clubs and we see him looking at men, I guess that insinuates. Well, he's, you know what using, that, he's doing the disco song, right. the club song. Well, you know what that's insinuating? I think that's insinuating the AIDS thing. Yeah. Where because it's you know right, it, it's more specific than him having sex with in the house. He was doing it yes. at other at CD establishments. The AIDS subplot that he didn't have AIDS at any point in this in this story in this movie, but. We'll talk about right. that later when we get to it. Um, then we go to the press conference for, I think, the album was called The Works. I think it's The Works, based okay. off what I saw on behind them, uh, which is considered like their weakest album yeah. and their biggest sellout album. Um, and they're insinuating that AIDS is a thing. It's 1982. And it's talked about a little bit, but not not to the point where they're going to talk about Freddie. Hey, hey, Freddie. Freddie, you gay? Yeah. Oh, so you're gay. So you might have AIDS, right? Because that's that's a gay man's yeah. disease. Right. So are you a little worried? Uh, no. And then you have Brian May saying, "Can we just talk about the the works? Yeah, the album? The album? Can we talk about the album?" John Deacon's like, "I'm in the band." Right. Yeah, I'm in yeah. the band. You know, it, it, and like I get what they were trying to do with that scene. Well, it's like it's but also it's so the, bad. I got from that John and Brian are kind of trying to protect Freddie because he's getting so loaded. 
yeah questions, so they're tr- well, not only that, of, but so they're I, trying I to show into that yeah so they're trying to show his anxiety from the questions but not only that well also his drug his dr- he's acting like lou reed the, yes but the, the, the drugs that we never see him fucking take yeah so is he so my, and they accomplish this by using fish fish eye lens wide shots and uh right it's focus. all editing it's all editing right yeah. to show that freddie's disoriented discombobulated but i'm like yes is he hungover is he on drugs? Is he tired? Mm-hmm. Does he have the AIDS so he's weak? The AIDS. I, you know, well, I'm like, does he, is he sick at this point? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It's, Which it's, he couldn't have been at this point, right? Because it's 82. No. He dies in 91, so there's he, no way. He, he was, he didn't, he probably did not get AIDS until 86, 87. Right. I'm going to, I lean into when he did the Wembley concert in 86, the last concert, and I really recommend everyone should listen to it. It's an amazing concert. I think he might have known at that point. Uh-huh. But okay. that is a full year before what the climax of this movie is. We'll get into it. I can't stand right. that they did this. Um, anyway. Anyway. Uh, so th- we then cut to they are having a band meeting in his uh, mansion. And that's when he tell that's when he tells the guys uh, that he's gonna have the solo album. CBS offered him four million dollars just to do the album, which is fucking crazy money. Back then, it's crazy money now. Mm-hmm. And, and is that true? I didn't look up if that was true. It's something they gave him an obscene amount of money. Yeah. Okay. And also, that album was a hit. It's called uh, Mr. Nice Guy or Mr. Bad Guy, something like that. It was yeah, yeah. it was a hit. And it got really good reviews. So they try to make it seem in the movie that it didn't get good reviews. It got good reviews for a pop album. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. If it was a big success, it was a big hit, why would Freddie, in the context of the film, go yeah. back to the band? Yeah. Whereas in real life, he's like, no, no, no. I want to do my solo thing. It was a hit, but I want to go back to my band. Yes, I'm a rock guy, but there's some <laughs> pop songs I want to put out. So yeah. I'll put it under my own right. name. It's not like our Queen Sound. I don't want to argue with the guys. I'm exactly. I'm do my own thing. Like, we all agreed. Which most bands do yes this is what you know every lead singer tends to do this yes. and they go back to the band this is like saying mick jagger like broke up the rolling stones or jack with, white like rock yeah. and tours like he already or, left or even white stripes rob thomas with matchbox 20 exactly dave grohl with the yeah. Foo fighters it's crazy where he goes and plays with other bands he plays with fucking josh home and all them but it's also like what he says to these guys um you know i'm tired of touring i don't want to do the album and the tour he starts bitching about uh, how mtv banned uh i want to break free which is true everything he actually mm-hmm. said in that is true deacon wrote it um it was <laughs> why did they ban i want to break free bec- because of the cross-dressing but oh and everyone right, did right. everyone did blame freddie mercury but it wasn't his idea it was roger taylor's because they were making fun of a bbc like uh soap opera that was very popular at the time oh okay so like they were shitting on all that but I people took it as freaky friday for freddie who was cross-dressing right 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 which is just not accurate um and that's and then we say uh we see how he shits on them about how you were going to become a dentist you're an astrophysicist. That's another scene that makes no that, sense. That, that nobody was going to read your dissertation. And who the fuck are you, John? Oh, well, I'm J- my name's John. I don't even know. What are we going to be? Electri- electrical engineer? Meh. Yeah. So Meh. that's another scene. It's like the whole queen is whatever I say. It is like Fred. It, it's yeah, There's no context in the film or justification in the film for it. But basically, Freddie helped make these guys. Yes. And which he did. Uh, well, Freddie made these guys. They didn't help make. Made these guys. Correct. These guys weren't going to be go on to become 
professional musicians without your help mm -hmm. and also what are you trying you would have been a dentist you would have been an astrophysicist you would have been an electrical engineer otherwise mm -hmm. we would have been successful middle-class people yeah. like what, what is this scene about what yeah. are you talking about yeah i'm supposed to feel bad that no one other than really accomplished astrophysicists would read my shit yeah no. okay and, i don't and, expect and the layman to read that, it barring that even <laughs> the film shows that that's a lie because these guys help are vital in contributing to the major songs of the band. Yeah. So clearly these guys were all incredibly talented. Yes. Even the film tells you that. Yeah. So what do you mean? So even as a viewer, if I didn't know anything about this band, I'd be mm -hmm. watching that scene and be like, wait, didn't these guys, he's the one who made We Will Rock You. Mm -hmm. He did another one, Bites the Dust. Yeah. He was singing on Bohemian Rap. What are yeah. you talking about? Well, they needed the redemption arc. That's they could what have they had needed. him just be an asshole. Yeah. But in that's what they wanted. Instead of them making it seem like Freddie's the reason these guys are successful. Yeah. They, it's, it's bad. You know, it's, it's really bad. I, that's all I can say. <laughs> uh, because it, it makes sense. Because it also just didn't happen. Right. This shit did it's not happen. Johnny Cash talking to his two fucking friends yeah. who played the bass and guitar behind him. Yeah. Okay. That, then you're right, dude. Yeah. These guys would be working at a goddamn hardware store. Yeah. Not Brian May. No. Not John Deacon. No. Come on, dude. Really, really shitty. Um, so what are we going on here? Uh, then we cut to uh, he's now in Munich. Mm -hmm. He's trying to. He's making his uh, solo album. Uh, the debauchery is going on. Paul is not uh, sending his messages uh, from Mary and from his manager, who's telling him, "Hey, there's this really big deal thing. It's called Live Aid." Right. Uh, maybe you should do it. And he's like, nah, I'm just not going to tell Freddie. So Freddie's not getting any of that. He's just, you know, not having a good time doing his, uh, his solo record. Uh, everyone's just not listening. Everyone's just doing what he's telling them to do, which, mm -hmm. yeah, no shit. He's the producer. He's the writer. It's his shit. Yeah, do what he tells you to do. Okay, whatever. Oh, God. Um, and uh, as he's doing that, that's when we see him starting to cough up blood in the uh, recording studio and what year was this this is supposed to be now 1985 okay and it's right before live aid basically is how they make this it. movie i'll say it once before we go back to it and i really shit on it this movie is trying is making the is saying inaccurately that freddie had aids at live aid it's also saying and that's that not true freddie had AIDS and this also in, is what inspires him to re reconcile with the band. Uh, yes. Reconcile with the band. Uh, which is also completely untrue. Uh, to do Live Aid, which is also untrue. Yeah. Uh, they decided to do Live Aid before all that. Um, it, it doesn't Because they weren't fighting. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 whatever. We, we'll go into it. Um, also, they even get the bands at Live Aid wrong. What do you mean? He's, uh, the, the lawyer, when he mentions who's going to Live Aid, he says yeah. Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin was there. They were? Uh, not Bonham. Phil Collins. That's what I'm saying. Phil Collins was drumming for Led Zeppelin. Oh, he was. I actually checked the lineup. I they didn't were, see Led Zeppelin there. They, were they listed as Led Zeppelin? Yeah. They were perform They performed in Philadelphia. The Philadelphia concert. Oh, okay. I, I have something Cause saved. I, th I always thought Roger and... and uh, uh, Roger. Robert and... Uh, Jimmy, they never got back together after Paul no, they, died. they did Live Aid with Phil. Phil. Phil Collins, well, I'll talk about it, but Phil Collins is one of the MVPs of Live Aid. 
And oh, I he, don't like Phil Collins. I like his music, but his personality is, yeah, sh- is shit. Yeah, no one likes him but as a person. Dude, that dude opened. He was one of the openers for the Wembley section. Flew cross and country. Then he went to Philly. Went to Philly, performed his own songs, and then he drummed for Led Zeppelin. Wow, I did not know that. Man, yeah, I didn't think Zeppelin was that live. Aid. You gotta. It was like you they broke up, and I never. I thought they never reunited. No, there's something I want to talk about the the, the lineup. We'll t- we'll okay. get to it. But uh, so. Mary winds up going to Munich. Yeah, okay. this bitch just travels all around the world for him. She, she went to Munich. It's raining outside. She just wants to see if he's okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you want to go? Because she with doesn't this? live next door anymore, I guess. Yeah, and then... I just I, I just want to skip this part. I mean, no, we got to talk about. It, but so Freddie's dying. Freddie is yeah. just increasingly lonely. Yes. Um, him and Paul like. Paul's making his life worse. Yes. We get no sense of affection. Paul's a leech. Yeah, but we get no sense of affection between him and Paul. We don't no. even get a sense of Paul's manipulation, really. No. He lies a few times, but yeah. for the most part, Paul's just a villain and he's there. There's no justification for it again because cardboard there's no time character. for it. Car- complete cardboard villain. Um, and then out, there's the cliche rain scene yeah. where Mary comes is like, are you okay? It's like watching The Notebook. Yeah, I mean, it's awful. And then, so Mary shows up, goes, are you okay? And then immediately leaves. Well, she tells she tells him that she, she's, she's pregnant. She's pregnant, right. That hurts him. Right. Which, okay, I guess, I, I, I buy. Sure, uh, yeah, Just yeah, as, like, the scene. Um, Paul comes, they're insinuating the orgy's gonna happen. This is where the orgy insinuation happens, because he's with a bunch of dudes behind mm-hmm. him. Uh, Mary somehow finds a taxi right away. As she's oh, immediately. Leaving. Right. Which was a bad at it but i mean it's it's like a gated community should never have a fucking that, mansion yeah who cares terrible. we can the butler called it whatever yeah. um so she <laughs> leaves and basically this is freddie's uh coming to jesus moment yes where this is rock bottom essentially yes. right because she which happened really quick i mean immediately we and just, the resolution we happens get, really we quick. need to get to live aid yeah. guys this now it's running on long exactly so we get out he gets out and you know what did she even say to him? I, I don't even remember. She talks to him about his dream that she can't communicate with him because he has no voice. It's like her deaf father uh-huh. and uh, that she needs to be away from Paul uh, and that she that not only that not only has she been trying to call him and messages weren't being relayed, but uh, how do you not even know about Live Aid? Right. Because yeah, everyone, that's everyone just... knows about Live Aid and your manager is trying to get in touch with you. Right. And that's even hard to buy because Live Aid was yeah. such a big event that yeah. the idea that Freddie Mercury, one guy, was able to keep it from him, he never heard it from anybody else. Did he never see anybody? He would have these parties all the time. Yeah. So we just, whatever, we can, we'll buy that, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then she leaves and then he just fires Paul in the rain. Yep. And also, Tear, tears in the rain. Not only that, what I'm thinking is he's got his back turned to him. It's yeah. raining out. Yeah. They're pretty far apart. And Freddie's just talking. Yeah. Just talking like this. You're fired. No, I don't trust you anymore. Yeah. And he's like, no, Friday, no. And I'm like, how do you hear him? Yeah. How do you hear him? But whatever. That's film Doesn't shit, chase I after guess. him. Doesn't chase after him, just leaves. Uh, casually brings up blackmail. Yeah. Uh, then realizes maybe I shouldn't have done that. Right. Uh, that's it's not like, a good way to manipulate. They're going to know. Freddy. He also, like, yeah, that'll he also tries to gaslight him, saying how I did tell you, but you forgot. Oh, I yeah. That's a you. classic liar move. Yeah. Definitely got tried to gaslight him, but Freddie's like, you know what? I might be, I might be high on coke, but I, ain't, I ain't dumb. Right? Yeah. Um. So he we're leaves gonna have Paul. this orgy, and then you're gonna leave. Yeah. So he leaves Paul. He actually leaves his own house. He just walks, yeah. Well, that's what, that's what I was starting r- to say. Rain like a he moron. walks in the rain where? <laughs> to get his own taxi to go where? I don't know. You live here, Friday. <laughs> where are you going? 
Friday. <laughs> the tea's on. It doesn't make any sense. Fre- well, Fre- Freddy, don't you want to do blow off this gay guy's cock? Right. Come on, let's do that one more time, for all time's sake. Yeah. Let's have a shag. So, and it, you know, it, it's just, it, it's forcing the rock bottom. I mean, is yes. Freddy rock bottom here? But no. it's just, we need to move on to Live Aid. Yeah. Let's just have the scene where she shows up and is the catalyst for it, and then Freddy fires him. Okay, yes. moving on. Um. Yes. So, we, we see Paul being interviewed about uh, Freddy's gay lovers and the parties. Uh, yeah. Also shits like, on him artistically. Right. And basically, he does go through on the blackmail, I guess, as if... Yeah. It, uh, and I didn't look deep into it, but I can't imagine... Like, this is not a secret. No. Freddie Mercury was having orgy parties for years. Yeah. Like, you, you, famously. There's this a is... Book, like you said, yeah. there's a book about it. He would have celebrities for years. Who is who is this guy revealing this yeah. to? This is like... Who doesn't know? This is like someone the saying... public, I guess? Yeah. This is like someone going to like... Hey, you know that Barack Obama? He's black. Yeah, right. He's a black guy. Andy Warhol? You know the guy's a weirdo, right? <laughs> guy's weird, man. He's, he wears a wig. It's like, yeah, we see the wig. You know, know, you know the Queen of England is English. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm like, well, why is this? It's to show Paul's a villain. But yeah. Obviously. But one, we knew that. Yes. And two, it's to show that Freddie's dirty laundry is getting aired out. Again, it's another thing about... Yes. Oh, Freddy's still deeply closeted? Which he can't be at this point. He um, wasn't. That's not true. He, I get, he publicly was. was. I, I understand. But he was, that's because he was just a very... He was He's actually very private. He was a very private man. Yes, yeah. very private. Yeah, and that's all. You know, reserved. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. You know, so... I don't know. There weren't tabloids about him. I, I can't... <sighs> that yeah. can't be true. Yeah. It just can't be true. It, yeah. it was too... It, it was an open thing. I get um, it. Like the whole public, you know, fucking grandma watching the Sunday news isn't mm-hmm. going to know. Yeah. But anyone who cares enough about Queen is going to know. Absolutely. So it's also one of those things whatever. where you can kind of tell. Yeah. I'm spending too much time on that. So yeah. we move on. Uh, he, he now has to reconcile with the band. He calls up the manager. He asks about Live Aid. Finds out the, uh, the you know, what's going on with that. The is already set. Yes. Like they're not going to get Queen in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Everyone only has 20 minutes. Uh, he finds out Queen doesn't really want to talk to him, which, again, this none of this happened, guys. None of this happened. But not only that, in the context of the film, I had a hard time buying these guys wouldn't want to talk to him. Of, yeah, of course I want to. I'll talk to him. Even you for just talk? friends. You know, fucking Lennon and McCartney hung out and jammed. Right. Um, so uh, we come up with a mea culpa. They make it seem like they actually broke up as a band. Yeah, they're not a band anymore. Which That's did, what makes it this is not true, guys. And For years. And it's like been a few years. <laughs> he, he insinuates that what if I don't have the time? You know, I need to do music with you guys. I need to do this concert because they're saying I'm sick. And I might be sick. They didn't say it yet. I might be sick. I might have the AIDS. Um, they come together. They agree really quick. We get some really nice stats about Live Aid, about how there's going to be 1.5 billion people watching, yeah. and all this stuff. Like that was just to like really grease up what how big Live Aid was, as if we didn't know. Um, yeah, the visual context was enough. Yeah. Then we uh, we see an AIDS report on the television, and this is the most on the nose thing I've ever seen, and, and, and one of the most. And as this is being seen, you see Freddie, you know, walking around in his empty mansion to the song of theirs, Who Wants to Live Forever. Oh, God. 
Do you wait, wait, before we go and make fun of this scene, do you know what movie that's from? No. Because it's don't. a it's a song from a movie. They made it for a film? Yes. No, a movie. Highlander. Oh god. Yeah, I did know that. They did Highlander. Yeah. My favorite movie song of theirs is Flash. I like Flash. Flash. I wish they played that. Yeah. That would have been great. But no, we get uh Who Wants to Live Forever to really drive the point home that he has AIDS and he's dying. Yeah. And wow. So basically he tells the band they're they're, they're like and they say in the scene like how are we going to do a, a live performance? We haven't performed together in he's so long. He's struggling singing. He yeah. he's he can't sing because he's got he went to the doctor, he got diagnosed with AIDS, he has the AIDS. Yeah. None of this happened. He tells them before Live Aid that uh, I, guys, has, I have dying. AIDS, I'm which AIDS. did not happen. He actually told them he insinuated things throughout the last few years of his life. He didn't really tell yeah. the band until like about a year before he died but, that he but actually apparently, had But apparently like they knew something was up. They knew, but they didn't talk about it. Yeah. So anything that you just saw in that scene where they're like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, Freddie," and, and like he would tell them right before Live Aid that I'm I'm dying. By the way, yeah. None <sighs> of this happened. None of this happened. It's very annoying. Right. Um, so then we let's jump. It's a great speech, by the way, but it, it's yeah. just when you know it's it's just bullshit. Uh, we then go jump into uh, the Live Aid performance, which is really what this movie's about. It's about legend building. And uh, you don't get any better than this. Yeah. And I have a feeling this, and I, I was worried that they didn't film enough. I have a feeling um, they're going to, that Brian Singer filmed this first. Like they filmed this, this is one of the first things they filmed to make sure that they get the Live Aid. Because the rest of the film is just Live Aid. Yeah. So it's just him recreating the Live Aid concert. Which actually yes. I did enjoy the scene. Yeah, and I'm that's glad great. It was, it was a great. Malik is amazing. Malik is awesome in the scene. Um, it's kind of... Uh, he really captures Freddie here, I thought. Because I've seen, I've seen the Live Aid concert, too. Um, he gets it down pretty pat. Yeah. So, um, one second. So, they insinuate. This is what I wanted to talk about. They insinuated before Queen, no one was giving money to Live Aid. Oh, well, yeah. The ring, the no, phones start the going phones off the hook. Yeah. Uh, do you want to hear, just in London, before Queen. I'm not even going to bring up Philadelphia. I'm just right. going to bring up Wem- Wembley. Uh, so before Queen came on, you had the Boomtown Rats, which was uh, Geldof's band, which uh-huh. were pretty well known. Adam Ant, mm-hmm. uh, Spando Ballet, Elvis Costello, <laughs> Sade, Sting, The Police, <laughs> Phil Collins, Branford Marcellus, Brian Ferry with David Gilmore, U2, and Dire Straits. Yeah. I'm on. supposed to believe no one gave money at all and with just those guys performing. Right. Was well, enough fake shit in this film that like we're we're gonna throw that cherry on top. Holy shit! Again, Queen's the biggest band of all time. How insulting! That's is what that? this movie's doing. Queen is the biggest band of all time. I mean, they gave the best performance by far. That's this is what makes Queen right. Queen really is, is that performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's it's we talked about Phil Collins. You know, who, another person who gave a great performance was the person who came right after Queen. It was David Bowie. Oh yeah, it's an amazing performance. And, like, if Queen wasn't there, David Bowie would be the guy that's talked about. Right, right. It, also, he has balls. He came, the song he opens with is TVC15. Really? <laughs> yeah. People it's, wouldn't even know that song if he sang it, I would think. Yeah, he did, like, he did, like, a jazzed-up version of it. Yeah. And like, they're all, like, dancing. It's, <laughs> it's really great. But, like, anyway, I'm, Queen saves Live Aid, and the $127 million it raised is because of Queen. It's because of Queen. And only Queen. Yeah, yeah, they hit, like, 90% of that. Only Queen. The rest was Bowie or Zeppelin. Yeah. And then we went to uh, really the credits. We went to a little bit of factoids. Uh, right. We oh, didn't, we didn't, we didn't oh, we, talk about Jim. 
We have to talk about Jim. All right. Before we go. You're right. So the day of Live Aid. So the day of Live Aid, he go he finds Jim Hutton. Yes. Right. He went through the phone book, yeah. found a bunch of Jim Hutton. And he's like, I I hey Jim Like the uh, Terminator, finding Sarah Connor. Exactly. So he goes to Jim, Hey, um, here are my butler, um, driver. Uh, I love myself now. Do you want to get together and go to Live Aid? And Jim's like, Yeah, sure. Um so oh, they go But before that we need to make a pit stop to my family yeah so he reconciles with jim his family his wife brings everybody he's happy with everyone now yeah boom boom zing zang zoom yeah. um so this did not jim happen. ends up being his lover for the last few years of his life it was like yes his great love besides mary yep. uh, in real life which is true mm-hmm. uh but we're supposed to believe that he meets jim for they have a 50 minute conversation yep uh over drinks and then as years Jim's later a butler and years later he remembers jim and jim doesn't go who the fuck Freddie Mercury yeah we had a conversation once that was nice uh, yeah. like I'm I'm living my life like I guess okay um, and then he just brings Jim on and they become great lovers so yes. we just needed to wrap up Jim real quick yes you know the most important person in Freddie's life besides Mary yes um, yeah, on the day of the biggest concert loves him and his dad accepts him as he's dying of AIDS he gives he blows a kiss to his mom which I actually didn't look up if that was true because he does blow a kiss in the like did the film make that up uh, I'm gonna say no I, yeah that, gonna, seems, that seems highly specific. I think he probably told her. He didn't tell her the day of. Right. None of what we saw there happened. No. Uh, I, I mean, I don't mind compressing things. Yes. But you don't You don't build Jim at all. You literally insinuate that he met Jim one time and then he finds Jim years later. Correct. So Jim just didn't, they didn't have time to fit Jim in the film. Yep. Again, instead of wasting all this time with and all Paul. the bullshit about the band. Yeah, and the band. And Paul, they, they could have, you know, develop Jim and it being about I, I think this film should have been about love and family and identity something like that yeah um, so whatever they have the live eight scene which is the best scene in the film probably yep um, and yeah and then it cuts to him dying in 1991 of AIDS if the credits play the show must go on yep. so the last like music video they did and he had full-blown AIDS when he performed it yep um, which is a great song yes and you knew that was gonna come on yep if you know Queen, um, and yeah, so that is it. That is. I know it. we went long. We went very we plot heavy with this one, but you know what? You had to know the plot because this this movie is a is just like I, I called it a dirty diaper. Yeah, I find this it's movie shit. To be, it's a dirty so, diaper. It is entertaining enough. I do get why people like it because I mean you can enjoy bad films even though you don't recognize like it's like mm-hmm. watching shitty TV, right? Like yeah. people like real like bad reality TV. Like people watch it knowing it's bad. Yeah. Um, the music saves it because it's Queen. The actors do a great job. I mean Remy Malek. I did actually judge him because I saw a few like Oscar clips when he had the lo- when he was long hair Freddie. Yeah. I was like ah he's kind of putting on a, a performance. I thought like he's putting on this character. He's really and. I thought he was pretty good when he was long, but it's, for some reason, as soon as Remy went into mustache, short hair, Freddie, uh-huh. I thought he was unbelievable. I thought he was awesome. Well, I he... thought all the actors do a great job. They do a great job of actually showing genuine affection between each other. Yeah. Um, and the editing just saves this film. I mean, I, I do think this is like the most deserved Oscar ever because yeah. the editing creates this film. There's no film without editing like this. Yeah. So this, he... Malik has stated, uh, he's pretty open about it actually, that like this was like his bohemian, this was like his a night at the opera, his Born to Run, where he had to nail it, he had to hit it out of the park so he could have a leading man career. Right. And yeah, be respected. Yeah. So he gave everything 
Like right. he gave it all, his all. He no, was he gets his mannerisms, his moves. I mean, he does a great job. And yeah, he, you know, it was, you know, it's he. This movie is saved by Queen's music and his performance. Really, he he gives it his all. The other cast members are good too, but that's yeah. really what this movie is. Yeah, and it's a shitty movie. Um, just qu- really quickly before we give our uh, review, like our ratings. Uh, so this movie made profit profit this movie made 351 million dollars that is the power of queen's music yeah the buddy. profit that is an enormous amount for a biopic musical yeah shit ton this was a mega hit right one and this is why i believe uh taxes should be raised on the rich by the way <laughs> because do you want to know uh what they reported it as even though we know oh, they do this all the time so oh yeah it's hollywood accounting but it's ha- accounting for anything right uh it actually operated at a 51 million dollar loss right of course even you know this is how they fuck over uh they try to fuck over people who get cut of the profits that's, too that's how they fucked over this producer because he sued them for this yeah usually they a lot of times they win though when they do i don't know all i know is that fuck that yeah fuck that noise that's crazy this is the argument people would make though is why you don't raise taxes and there's i I don't know enough to have an opinion because they because they they'll just get good accountants to fuck the numbers yeah they that's what they do but like no we need to fix that yeah yeah, for sure for sure that's yeah tax (laughs) fraud not be it's legal tax fraud um so yeah uh what is this also won four academy awards as you know uh it also it got a fifty something fifty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's yeah, one of the worst rated Best Picture nominees in the last. Like, yeah, that makes years. sense. Um, so ratings. Well, you go first. I know you're gonna give it like, nothing. I give it forty two. Forty two twenty. Okay. Yeah, forty two. This movie is garbage. I hated it. It's not a good film. Terrible movie. Um, so we'll wrap this up as quickly as uh, this movie because yeah, this is going long. Because we Sorry, went we long. Just, we cares? Let's wrap it up, kids. Uh, what would you like to do next week? Uh, you know, I was thinking on it. I think because we've had a few requests yeah. and even uh, our first five-star review requested it. So let me just give a shout out to keep it real again. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe let's just do Titanic. I've been avoiding it because it's fucking three hours. But Oh, that's going to... Okay, so just to let you guys know, this is one of our white whales. This is gonna yeah. be, Doing Titanic is going to be fun. So, all right, we'll do Titanic. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, that's it. Go, uh, go listen to Queen. They're yeah, great. Go listen go on to Spotify Queen. where you find if you're listening to us on Spotify. Yes. Put on Night of the Opera. Yes. Um, uh, you can email us at flickypodcast uh, at gmail.com. We are uh, on all any any place that has a podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, et cetera, et cetera. Like us. Five stars. Like us. Subscribe. Give us a review. Please, you know, we want world domination, like I said. Just, you know, yeah. tell your friends. If you're gonna be mean, email us. Don't leave me in review. No, you. They listen. They can write some fucked up shit. Just give us the five stars. Yeah, oh yeah, that's true. Give that's all I'm asking for. Be, Yeah, that's all I'm asking. All right. So, until right. next time. Bye. Bye.